The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Welcome aboard National Football Show. It's your boy, Big Sills. Pull up a chair, put your phone somewhere, put us on a television set, your computer, anywhere you want to watch us and view us today. We are power-packed once again, as we've been pretty much the last couple weeks getting ready for the upcoming NFL season. Please hit the like button. In our number three, we will have our friend from OutKick, and a Pro Football Hall of Fame voter, Armando Salguero. He was at practice today. He covers the Miami Dolphins. We will talk with him and get his thoughts on today's inter-scrimmage practice with the Eagles and the Dolphins. That'll be in hour number three at 5.30 Eastern time. I was watching the guys on Sports Take, and I saw John McMullen, and they were talking about today's practice. Well, let me plug this into you. 98 degrees humidity and 100 degrees temperature, that's standard this time of the year. I played my college and pro football in this weather, and it's a thing. And the Eagles, they practice just as hard as the Miami Dolphins do, but they're not in the same environment as the Miami Dolphins are. That's why it's such a home field advantage early on in the season and late in the year when you play in South Florida. Why do you think the New England Patriots struggle every year with the Miami Dolphins when they have to go down to South Florida late in the year? It's the humidity. If your body is not conditioned to have played in that, you're going to struggle. And the Eagles struggled today. Not so much because of ability, but the environment got them. They're not training and stuff like this. Let me give you a little bit of a history lesson here. When Jimmy Johnson first got the job with the Dallas Cowboys, we used to practice at a place called Thousand Oaks in California. Jimmy's first day out there, he goes, this is not cutting it. What did he do a couple years later? He moved his practices to San Marcos, Texas, because he wanted the humidity to get his guys ready when it came to conditions like that. He didn't want the conditions to be air conditioning and club med. Most of these teams, because of the lack of practice and the lack of conditioning, these things look like club med. But when you practice in South Florida like that, you live in that environment, you practice that environment. We used to want to play teams um, like the Notre Dame Fighting Irish or Oklahoma and Nebraska, 1 o'clock. November games, and we didn't want night games. We used to play those big teams, 1 o'clock at the Orange Bowl. You should see how those guys look by the third quarter. Red-faced, Notre Dame guys are out of gas. They're in, they're in three feet of snowdrifts, and they come down to that humidity with such an advantage. So what happened to the Eagles today was they're – Conditioning was exposed. 
from what I understand the people that cover the Dolphins, I had a conversation today. 11 on 11, Dolphins ran them over. More so defensively, ran them over. The guys were getting in fistfights because they were getting frustrated because guys were reaching and slooping and skipping them. They were skipping them like they were rocks on a, on a pond. The defense did not show up again. And I'm going to get to that here in a minute because that's going to be my main topic here. They're not in shape. Now, it's a league thing. But certain teams, they practice in different conditions. So you're going to be in better shape. The Dolphin team is 10 times in better shape than the Eagle team because they practice in that environment. It's a thing, man. When you go and you play the Denver Broncos in Denver at mile high, <laughs> it's a thing. So do I, what do I take away from the Eagle defense being killed today? Not much except for the fact that their minds got beat up today. You see, when you play and you condition in that environment with that kind of humidity and temperature, it also trains your mind. We used to have these three-hour practices with Jimmy Johnson and Howard Schnellenberger. We would practice and practice like we were the junction boys. And it's a thing. And we were always in shape, always conditioned. We were 285-pound guys practicing in 100-degree humidity and temperature every day. Who do you think is going to be in a better place? Who do you think is going to be in better shape, you or me. Common sense tells you I'm in better shape. So, today's environment got to the Eagles. Just like it would any other team, it's not so much shade on the Philadelphia Eagles, but it's also a sign that shows you that a lot of these teams are not going to be ready for the first four games of the season. And they're not going to be in shape, and the Eagles are one of those teams. Jordan Davis, I mean, even last week against the Browns. You saw conditioning issues. Okay. They're looking at health as being something that's more viable to them than being in shape for the upcoming season. It's a gamble, and that's the gamble they're rolling the dice on. We'll see how that pans out. Last year, it didn't help them either. They started two and five, but they were able to get it rolling, and they were able to make the playoffs. Are they going to be that kind of team again? They're going to have a slow start to the season. This is why I'm predicting two and four. I think they're going to have a slow start to the season. We'll see. Now, I think they roll in the second half of the season because really it's a lesser schedule too. But at the end of the day, they'll get to where they want to get to. I don't know if it's going to be 2017 where you're going to have nine consecutive wins at one time on your schedule, but they'll get it going once they're in shape. Okay. Carson says, I blame the coaching. Of course you blame the coaching. The coaches right now, are you watching the, by the way, hard knocks with Dan Campbell? Have you guys been watching that? Because that's the Eagles first opponent, man. I love that culture. I love how hard they're practicing. Man, they're full gear and they're going at it. Do you see what they did the other day? They had a non-coaches practice. The players put on a practice, full gear. Do you see that? They went out there and had a full practice without coaches. 
I was like, hey, man, that's accountability. I don't know what their record's going to be this year, but they sure like playing with each other. They sure like being in the same locker room with one another. I like that Lions team, man. I think Dan Campbell's turning that thing around. Like I said, I don't know what that means, turning it around. But I see some of the same signs that I saw with Brian Flores down in Miami when he was turning that thing around, as I do in Detroit with Dan Campbell. I think Chris Spielman and those guys are doing a fine job up there, man. Okay? Okay, Anthony. We'll see. You were 2-5 and last year. Once again, here's another guy talking about something that has not happened yet. It's a prediction. You think I'm crazy? Facts are you were two and five last year. But because somehow in the last seven months, you're better, you think. How do you see that? I don't get how people go, well, the Eagles are 20 times better than they were last year. You're not. You're better, maybe. We'll see if you apply it. We'll see if you apply it. GT four and two? I sure hope so. I sure hope so. Last year was a train wreck. And you've done pretty much the same stuff as you did a year ago. <laughs> and the Pauly Shore stats? I, I, I doesn't do anything for me. Okay, five and one. You guys are all optimistic. Nothing wrong with being optimistic. Here, let's get into the topic. This Eagle defense has not had a good training camp. It's not. Last two weeks, the Browns killed them. Starters not in. The Dolphins have killed them. They're not in the best shape. And I don't care what you draw on paper. I haven't been impressed. Kaiser White, yes. TJ Edwards, yes. Nicobe Dean, still learning. Jordan Davis, at times. Um, Graham, good. Hassan Reddick, I haven't heard his name. Darius Slay was annihilated today by Tyree Kilt. Now he's got an injury, I guess. So I'm not really seeing anything where I've been impressed with the Eagle defense. And if you're going to try to revamp that entire offense and you're going to try to throw the ball down the field, you got to have a defense that doesn't give up 17 play drives or 14 play drives. You got to have a bunch of three and outs right away because your offense is going to have three and outs. That's if you throw it. Now, if you start games out like Gardner Minshew did, and you have that great balance of running and throwing, the Eagles are going to be fine. My concern, once again, is with Gannon, his style of play, and his formations on defense. And his preparation. I have a problem with Jonathan Gannon being a coach on the Philadelphia Eagles coaching staff, and you're giving that guy the title of defensive coordinator. They have not looked impressive. They have not looked impressive. Davis will be fine. A lot of overreaction. 
Overreaction is one play or one game. Not two and a half weeks. How can you have... How can, They were killed on 11 on 11. What do they have to Saxon? Seven on seven? That's an offensive drill. Sills, at the head of the prison table, barking at the room, who's the loud? Okay, whatever. This is going to be interesting to watch the Eagle defense this year. Okay? I'm not impressed. I have not been impressed at all in the exhibition season. Now it's exhibition. Let's see what happens in week one. Why, you have? Who's impressed you the most? Jordan looks great at particular times. Then when he has to play a couple extra plays, he's out of gas. I haven't seen a lot of Fletcher, which is okay. I haven't seen Hardgrave at all. Ramon, I think they should have made a change at defensive coordinator in the offseason. But somehow Jonathan Gannon got coaching interviews, which is incredible. Because I don't know what he did to deserve that. I mean, how that guy got coaching interviews. Yeah, Xander's right. Good agent. And by the way, Gannon is, is probably... I guarantee you this, Jonathan Gannon probably does make a good head football coach. Watch. Because he's not really that great of a defensive coordinator. Probably He'll probably turn out to be Bill Belichick. Watch this. Because I don't – dude, maybe it's just because I don't like a soft approach in how you play. I like aggressive play. I like getting after people's asses. Okay? I do. I like people getting after it. Kaiser White's been outstanding. He's been outstanding. Kevin says that Gannon gets intimidated by good quarterbacks and great receivers. Well, Tyreek Hill was running all over the place today, from what I understand from the Miami um, reporters. And we'll have one of those on in hour number three, talking about today's practice. Hopefully it'll be better tomorrow. Again, not weighing too much into it, but we're starting to see a trend here. Ben, but don't break. You can't play like that against Aaron Rodgers. Ben, but don't break. Justin Jefferson will torch that defense for 183 yards like Xander said in three touchdowns. You play that Ben, but don't break. Ramon says Jonathan Gannon is the least creative defensive coordinator. Now, again, listen, let's be candid here. Okay? Yeah, Forget, again, like Xander just said, forget about Rodgers. You can't have that happen and let Tua just torch your ass that way. Now, look, you don't want to put too much on film. I get it. Because you don't want to put a trend chart together for the Lions to see how you're going to situationally play call yourself on defense. Totally not impressed with this coaching staff on defense. I am not impressed. Okay. Kayvon says this. 
We got to chill. It's just practice. Dude, if you're being put on tape, it's not just practice. People are fighting for jobs. See, there's a little different here. You think people can do layups and you could just turn it on? You're not that team. You're not a team that has uh, no flaws. Like, you're a team that has flaws. Your safety suck. Your special team sucks. Your quarterback is suspect. Your coaching staff is the biggest question mark. And this is what I've been saying to you. You know why I'm saying this? Because you're this close. You're very close for greatness. There's a chance to do special things this year. I'm afraid coaches are going to put you in a position to fail. Some would say, Sills, are you saying that coaching in the NFL is more important than coaching in college? Ten times. Why do you think it's harder to coach in the pros than it is in college? You guys have an idea? You guys have an idea why? Well, first and foremost, once the owner starts paying them, you got to play them and coach them. You don't have 85. Chip Kelly found this out. You don't have 85 to 100 guys on scholarship where you have first-rounders five deep. You don't have that. You got a salary cap you got to budge. You got you to make sure you're budgeting that cap. That's why half the league is undrafted players. You know that? Late round and undrafted. Half the league. Because you've got to balance your cap. You need players like that. That's why not everybody or, or everyone would be a first rounder. You don't have that because you can't afford them. It's a different world in the NFL. And take a look at Sean McVay. Jared Goff sucked out loud. I thought he'd never step on an NFL field ever. He was terrible. McVay gets there, turns that guy's career around. They go to a Super Bowl. And they lose by a couple points to the Patriots. Coaching. Coaching. Look at Trevor Lawrence already. Doug Peterson. Coaching. It matters more in the NFL. Okay. Tampa 2 coverage. Certain types of players. I.e. Randy safeties. Fast reacting linebackers. Corners hold up. I don't know what that means. Dude, I like I like I like Kane too, Jesse. I like I like Kane too. In my opinion, he deserves to be on that football team. I'm worried about Gannon, but that but I know it's difficult to judge a team and pre it's it here. G, here's what I'm gauging, and here's how I'm evaluating and why I'm being critical of Jonathan Gannon. One, it's a fundamental mentality. Two, they're not in shape. Three, I just, I don't see a sense of urgency in setting, the, the Browns blew him off the ball. And I made the point to you, some would go, well, Sills, the starters didn't start. Well, then how does Jeff Stoutland have his number twos looking like the ones? That showed me the difference in coaching on the Eagle staff from Jeff Stoutland to Jonathan Gannon. Jonathan Gannon's guys, 
were not ready to play, and they weren't ready to play today, and the elements got them. Jeff Stoutland, 14-play drives, 17-play drives, owning the Cleveland Browns. Gannon's guys couldn't set the edge. What did they get out wide? Ten times in that game? From what I'm understanding, they were running at will again against them today. Okay. Sills, what's your thoughts on Steichen? I'll get to him in a minute. So, here, I would say this. I think the offense looks better than a year ago. The defense looks chaotic. Doesn't it seem to you, maybe it's me, doesn't it seem to you that Jonathan Gannon now has so many toys he doesn't know what to do with them? Doesn't it seem that way? Last year, at least it was simple. This year, it's like, what's the excuse going to be this year? Well, he just didn't really know where to play everyone. That's called creativity. When you have a bad defense, you do certain things to compensate for your deficiencies. That's what great coaches do. Last year, Shane Steichen, what did he do? He knew Jalen couldn't throw the ball to receivers and find the open guy. So they took the ball out of his hands. And the same way that Kevin Stefanski took the ball out of the hands of Baker Mayfield, that's why they moved on from Mayfield, they ran the ball. Now, when Chubb and Hunt got hurt in the second half of the Brown season, their season was over because they were one-dimensional. That's why the run by committee with the with the Eagles is a little better because you're not just leaning on two guys. You got a committee of backs with that fabulous O-line. Cleveland's got a good O-line too. But the difference in the season last year, there were two different systems set up offensively. At the two and five start, it was Nick Sirianni play calling. Then Shane Steichen got to play calling and they ran the ball. Wasn't Jalen Hurts when Jalen Hurts was the caboose in last year's team getting to the playoffs. He was the caboose. He didn't pull that team to the playoffs. The offensive line and the running attack did. Was it your 27th passing attack that did? Was the running attack. So Shane Steichen, he saw that. That's smart. That's good. He adapted. He knew he had an inefficient quarterback. They had to do something that was to their strength. They ran the ball. Now, this offseason, they've hoped they've improved the passing game. You see, this is the literal truth. This isn't somebody talking about potential. Because potential is something you haven't done yet. That's what that code word means. Potential is you haven't done it yet. Every time I hear people talking about the potential of something, I already know they haven't done it. This guy's got potential to do that. Well, obviously he hasn't done it then. Because when you talk about the greats in the game today or the really fine ball players, you don't talk like that in potential. No one says Aaron Rodgers has potential. Nobody says Derrick Henry has potential. Nobody says A.J. Brown has potential. These guys have all done it. This guy's potentially going to... Nobody talks like that with great players. 
the entire offseason. That's all we've talked about. Right? I think he's had 1,000 yards once, um, Xander. I, I think in t- Tennessee, A.J. Brown's had 1,000 yards, I think once, maybe twice. He's averaged 998. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. A.J. Brown probably did. Ha- I mean, A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, if you were going to compare their seasons, yeah. Yeah, yeah Xander. He was just as productive as AJ. Yeah. Yeah. Devontae Smith, a guy who's making $900,000 this year on a rookie contract, pretty much had the same year a guy making $25 million had last year. With due respect, I got to read this one. I'd like to see you get Gannon on here and address his soft mentality man-to-man. The Philadelphia Eagle uh, PR department would never allow that. They don't like their coaches questioned. It's like the White House. They don't like uh, Joe Biden questioned, and they don't like any of their coaches questioned. So you got to remember that. Nobody's putting anybody on asking a question of, hey, why do you play that style of defense? You don't get real hard questions asked to Eagle coaches. You ever notice that? Tune on those shows. This is where Lane Johnson on our post-game show, see what the Krauses did and Jacob Sports. They got a guy who's not going to give you any shit talk. He's going to lay it on the line and tell you what happened and what didn't happen. That's why that show is going to be must-watch. Okay. You're, you're not going to have to do this to Lane Johnson on a post-game show with everyone that we have, with Mike and all the guys. You know why? He's going to offer it up. We sucked. We great. We were awesome. We got to be bet. That's what's going to be the difference in your market. Listening to Lane Johnson. Hey, Jess, I love this kid, Cam Jurgens. I, I, just, I just love it. Oscar, Brown missed four games, though, Sills. Yeah. Well, that's not on Devontae Smith. Availability and durability is also part of it. So you're going to give him the benefit of the doubt? Remember something about A.J. Brown. He was not the engine that moved that team in Tennessee. Everyone keeps thinking that the Titans are going to suffer because of the loss of A.J. Brown. He was the third guy in the wheel there. It was Derrick Henry, the quarterback, And then the passing game. Dude, he never had over 1,100 yards. He's never had over 70 catches. That team is run by that movable refrigerator known as Derrick Henry in a running game. Not a passing game. That team is built on physicality at the point of attack. A.J. Brown lost to the Titans. I don't know. What you don't want to have, what you don't want to have is you don't want to have Derrick Henry. I don't know. They still ended up being the number one seed in the AFC last year. Name, that's a great comment. Name says, Sills, what's your 
What's your style of offense look like numbers wise? I'd like to have 60, 40 pass. And I'd like to have that 40% of the running attack to be over 4.5 yards per carry. I'd like to have my passing attack at around between six and a half to seven and a half yards per attempt. I'd like it to be in that range. See, if you notice what I just did, I didn't put numbers on it because you never know what is going to be needed in a particular game because every week is different because of matchups. If I feel that my offense is getting over four and a half yards of carry, whether that 17 carries still keeps the defense at bay with play action, if you still do that, okay, you're going to be effective running the ball and you're going to be effective on play action, keeping the defensive linebackers at bay, still having to respect the run. I'd like to see it around 60-40, but the Eagles can't do that right now. You can't put the ball in the hands of Jalen Hurts this year for 60% of the plays on the field when it comes to the passing game. You can't do that. Last year, it was reversed with the running. The Eagles made the playoffs because Jalen hurts his legs, not his arm. Everyone knows that. That's a fact. Okay? That's a fact. Dell says, Hurts had 700 yards rushing, Mr. Sills. He was a big part, yeah, of the running attack. Once again, you didn't hear me. He did not throw that team to the playoffs. He did not. He was their running attack. What you basically had was a quarterback playing running or a running back playing quarterback last year. Very few, Jeremiah, very few quarterbacks average 10 yards a throw. Very few. 55-45 passing. I think that's what they're going to try to do in Philly, though. For the Eagles, that would be ideal. Yeah, I, I agree. So Sills is relying on the run and an extension of the run in the yak. Technically, Hurts threw us out of the playoffs completely. You were not when you had to throw the ball after the Bucks shut down the run in that playoff game. The only thing that was close was the coin toss. When the Bucs via Veda shut down the run, it was a joke. You don't have that running attack without Hurts. Agreed. I thought we were trying to improve the passing attack. You're never going to be an elite team if you're not balanced. They were an unbalanced team last year. Completely unbalanced. And by the way, I have no idea. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. How we slid from the defensive side of the ball not having a good offseason here to where we've gone over to Jalen Hurts now. Okay? I don't know how. I don't really think Jalen has played that bad in the exhibition season. I think he's done everything to get himself ready for this upcoming season. I'm talking about this chaotic look on defense. 
Jalen Hurts, in my opinion, is ready for the 2022 season to see if he's the guy. And by the way, I got a topic on that. Okay? He's done everything to prepare himself. But don't talk to me about potential that you think he has. Potential is something he hasn't done then. Potential is the most overrated word used in professional sports because it means it hasn't happened yet. Okay? Our wide receivers couldn't get open. Name. That's not what Troy Aikman was saying about Devontae Smith. I find that, I find that not true. Okay? Okay? Every time I hear people talk of potential, it's wishful thinking. Like I said to you, nobody goes Patrick Mahomes has great potential. Nobody turns around and goes Cooper Cup has great potential. You don't talk in those terms to those guys. Jalen Hurts has great potential. That means he hasn't done it. Aikman wasn't so much ripping Hurts as he was ripping Hurts's confidence. Jalen didn't have confidence to throw that out throw last year against the Bucs because the Bucs were going to jump the route. They'd have took pick six and Jalen didn't want to do it, which in theory probably kept that game closer for longer than it needed to be because Jalen's smart. One of the great attributes that Jalen Hurts has, he's a smart dude. He knows what's going on in games. This is what Wentz will never have. Jalen has a true sense of the game. He just doesn't have a superstar ability like some of these elite guys in the game. But that's okay. Very hard to find those guys. Finding the Joe Burrows of the world or... Look at Kurt Warner. Three or four teams passed on Kurt Warner. He had to go through the Arena League. And then he had to even go through, like, the World League. And now he's in the Hall of Fame because people didn't see it initially. Hard to find those guys, man. Okay? Hard to find those guys. Brady's a great example of that, too. All right. Let's take a time out here. Quarterbacks that have to have it this year. And what I mean by that is you're in your prove-it year. You're in your prove-it year. I got a list of these guys. I got about seven of them. And I want to hit on that. Don't forget also, folks, do me a favor, please. Make sure you check out our great friends at Morgan & Morgan where the fee is free, meaning this. If you have been hurt or injured on the job, there's no other attorney firm like Morgan & Morgan. They're the biggest in the country, and they will do their best to make sure they represent you and your family to the best of their ability. There's no such thing as a small case. With over 800 attorneys and offices in Philadelphia, New York, and in Florida, Morgan & Morgan will do battle to you and for you like no other law firm. They're not intimidated in any way. Call them at 800-512-1600. That's 800-512-1600. Call us free. Consultations free. 800-512-1600. And when you call Morgan & Morgan, do me a favor. Tell them Big Sill sent you. When choosing a lawyer for your injury case, you may ask, does the size of the law firm matter? Well, of course it does. The insurance company, they're huge with unlimited resources. And whether your case is big or small, they're built to bully you out of the money you're owed. 
But here's the good news. We're big too, the biggest actually. And we're built to fight to make them pay for all that was taken from you. Size is our strength. There's only one Morgan & Morgan. ForThePeople.com. your day with confidence. Definitely want to keep the umbrellas on hand. And keep your family safe with Action News and AccuWeather. Numerous tornadoes. Well over seven inches of rain. Your go-to team when severe weather strikes. The water is still rising right now. Keeping you prepared wherever you watch. On TV, on 6abc.com, and on our streaming apps. And that's when we go severe weather mode and on the air for you. Action News and AccuWeather. The team you trust. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. National Football Show with your boy, Big Sills. Here's some kudos for the Eagles. Please hit the like button. Armando Salguero from OutKick and a Pro Football Hall of Fame voter, our NFL insider who was at the Dolphins and Eagles practice today will be with us at 5.30 Eastern time in hour number three. Here's some kudos. They're pretty good on the penalties, which means they're disciplined. They're pretty good on it. Keep that number down. That's 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 a good thing. That's a good trend. Okay, there's teams like the Cowboys and the Raiders, notoriously undisciplined. 
because there's not an emphasis on that, on pre-snap penalties. There seems to be inside the Eagle organization an emphasis on that. I mean, it takes no talent to know where to line up or what the snap count is. It has no ability. I mean, think about that for a minute. How many times do you see teams like the Cowboys? And by the way, the Cowboys are the worst, and they haven't addressed it. The Cowboys have been one of the worst penalized football teams over the last five years, and they don't address it. It's like it doesn't matter because you know why? The head coach doesn't run the team. A good head coach, the number one thing, or two things I would say, that you're constantly wanting to have your pulse at and your finger on the pulse of that particular area of your team are special teams and penalties. The Eagles have half of that covered, but because Howie doesn't look at special teams as a major part of his team, that's why it's not being addressed. This is a that special teams is not in shape because Nick Sirianni the way it is. The special teams are in the shape that it is because of Howie Roseman. There's no emphasis on it. That's what happens when you get guys crawling out of their lanes and diving over to somebody else's sandbox. And they have no right being in that sandbox. Coaches have to have some discipline. And the good teams that have that discipline, a coach gets in people's asses for that. You know, you have to look at a kid and say this. Dude, high school kid has the attention span of five minutes. Okay? A kindergartner, three minutes. You can't get that shit right. You can't get that shit right. What's that say about you? You got you to gotta be in these guys' ass. And discipline is something you have to sometimes have a hard sell to your players. Dude, I'm going to get somebody else in there. He may not be as good as you, but at least I know we'll line up right. How many times do you see other players playing and you go, how's that guy playing over him? Because he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. When was the last time Howie addressed anything properly? I I think Howie's addressed the entire football team in the offseason, at least offensive, defensively. I think he's done a nice job with it. I don't think he's done anything with special teams, though. Okay? I think he's done a nice job. All right. I I wrote this down, and I want to get into this here a little bit. I wrote the seven quarterbacks that are in a prove-it year. And your boy's on the list. But I got him the last guy on the list. Okay? Because of all these players here, I think Jalen Hurts might have just the most talent around him of these seven guys. All seven of these players, if they don't play well this year, might not be starting in 2023. Jalen Hurts is number seven. He's number seven. I'm not the only one that says that he's in a prove-it year. Most of you, 95% of you say that. How can you be a franchise quarterback when there's still doubt about you? Did you ever plug that in? 
How are you telling me that Jalen Hurts is a franchise quarterback, but yet there's still doubt? Even Merrill Reese yesterday. Go back and listen to that interview. When I held his feet to the fire and I said, so you're sold that he is the future of this team. He went yes, and then he went just like this, and I'm paraphrasing it. You can go back and watch it. He said this. He has the potential. There's that word again. Okay? He didn't want to completely tell you that he's 100% sold. It was a great way of doing it. Merrill's a GOAT. Okay? Gold standard when it comes to covering a football team. But even he still has reservations. You can't be a franchise. Nobody's talking like that about Patrick Mahomes. Well, this is a due year for him. This is a big year for him. This is a big year for Dak. Dak Prescott ain't going nowhere. Okay? <laughs> okay? Can you explain why your logic is if you're not a top 10 quarterback, you can't win a Super Bowl? I never said that you had to be a top 10 guy. There's no place on the planet where I said you had to be a top 10 quarterback. You think Brad Johnson's a top 10 quarterback? Do you think at any time Colin Kaepernick was a top 10 quarterback when he got his 49ers to the Super Bowl? Where in your mind did you hear that? Or that, well, that's probably what it was, was in your own mind. So I got Hurts sitting here at seven. It's not that I don't believe that this player would not be on that football team being the number one overall selection. But Trevor Lawrence is in a year this year, in my opinion. I got him at six. That do you know that I think he takes such a leap that you're going to look at Trevor Lawrence's first year in the NFL and you're going to forget it. I think he is going to have a breakout year this year. This guy is 6'5". He's got a cannon for an arm. He is as accurate as ever. He is one of the most skilled players I have ever seen at the quarterback position coming out of college. He is a gifted player. But he's got to show us improvement this year. You know, you can have, like I said, all the potential. Remember we talk about that word, potential? And, 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 hey, Jay, you don't really think in your mind. Let me ask you this, Jay. Jay, do you think Jalen Hurts has more talent than Trevor Lawrence? You think he has more quarterback talent than Trevor Lawrence? I'm asking you, Jay. Do you think that? You think, you think he's a better player? I th- a name, I think Daniel Jones, The I, I, I think it's already in. I think the pink slip is already in the mail. Okay? Jay, answer the question. Do you think that Trevor Lawrence, okay, do you think Trevor Lawrence, that or Jalen Hurts has more talent than, than Trevor Lawrence as a quarterback? Yes or no? Do you so then you're on you think Jalen Hurts has more talent than Trevor Lawrence? Wow. Your eyes lie to you. Different era of football. You're not winning a Super Bowl with 
an average quarterback play. The game always comes down to a couple throws, and we've even seen this with Jimmy G and Jared Goff. Maybe you're right. Okay. Trevor is a so Jay. Once again, you can't answer the question. Do you believe that that Jalen Hurts has more athletic ability? No, excuse me, more quarterback skill than Trevor Lawrence? Yes or no? Okay. Do you? Yes or no? Do you? So you're under the impression Jalen's a more talented quarterback than Trevor Lawrence. That's unbelievable. Don't tell anybody that. Seriously, when you're at the bar and you're there putting your fantasy team together, don't don't tell anybody that, okay? Because they won't respect you. Number five, Zach Wilson. You know, I think this guy throws a good ball. I see spurts of greatness, but I see mostly a guy who is a player who he's looks like a better version of Manziel. Okay. He just looks like a better version of Manziel. He's got to get more mature. He's got to understand the position. Again, you know, the one thing that I say to you about Wentz, I'll get to him in a minute because he is on this list. He's got to understand the pocket presence and where he is on the field. I think he thinks he can make all the throws. I don't mind that. But, man, you got to also manage the game better. He's just not very good at managing the game. I got Justin Fields. I don't see it. Then again, it's Chicago. The Chicago Bears. If you want to die in two places, get drafted to Chicago or New York with the Jets. Okay. You want to die on the vine as a quarterback? Those two places you go to, you'll never make it. You'll never make it. Fields needed to go to a place. But then again, Kyle Shanahan is not drafting a guy like Justin Fields. Okay? He's not. I saw this guy against Indiana um, a couple years back, and he was throwing picks all over the yard. I was like, dude, you got troubles with Indiana? What are you going to do when you're playing the Minnesota Vikings or the Packers? I I do not see it. Oh, but guess what? He runs a 4-3. Somebody told me that on our network. Yeah, but he runs a 4-3. How's that 4-3 helping him? How's that 4-3 helping him right now as a quarterback in the NFL? It's not. Number three, I got Tug of Viola. Dude. That put a lot of stars around you, man. And from all accounts today, he ate up the secondary of the Eagles. Okay. Seven on seven is skilled and built for the offense. So, okay. You're supposed to win that. So I'm not going to sit here and go, wow, oh my God, you know. Okay. Joel, Joel, you hear things, what you want to hear, it's fine. It's all good. Hey, and because I'm not a fan of your quarterback, don't take it personal. 
I still got you in the NFC title game. Learn to live with it. You are not going to win with an offense that's 55-45 when it comes to throwing the ball and running the ball in this league. You're not. No one does it. It's not happened. It's not happened. Wentz at two. Dude, the more and more I'm starting to live in you guys' world here with Wentz, Pat, 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 step to your left or right, sack. His pocket presence kills him. You move him around in any way whatsoever in the pocket, Carson Wentz is a sitting duck. Now, if Carson Wentz is allowed to get to his spot, every quarterback has a spot in the pocket they like to get to. And when he gets to his spot, he can hang with pretty much anybody. But you move it. Hey, Kurt Warner was a bit like this. Monty Kiffin, the former defensive coordinator, and Jim Johnson both told me, you move Warner off his spot and you roll him left. One year, Tony Dungy's guys almost beat him in the NFC Championship game. I think it was like, what was it? Can, hey, you guys remember what that score was? It was like 13-7. They held like the greatest show on turf to like 13 points. I think that was Dungy's last NFC championship game before they fired him and he went to Indianapolis. You guys remember that that NFC title game? It was like 13-7. And they had slowed Warner down because they were moving Warner off his point. And they were getting pressure on him. You got Sack, Sap, Chidi Ahana too, right? You got a bunch of them dudes that were rushing the passer. You're bringing Rondé Barber off the corner. I mean, that was a hell of a defense, that Bucks. I thought the Buck defense, the year previous to them winning the Super Bowl, I thought that, that defense was just as good as the defense that won the Super Bowl. Sapp was spectacular in both those championship games. Then they ended up going to Philly, I think, the next year, and they closed the vet in the NFC title game. I believe that's how that worked out, right? Uh, the following year, I think they went to the vet and knocked the uh, Eagles off, and they went to the Super Bowl, and they beat the Raiders. By the way, you guys beat the Bucks in that NFC Championship game. The Eagles would have won the Super Bowl that year, too, in San Diego. Okay? The, the, the winner of that year's NFC title game was truly going to be the Super Bowl champion. I said that. Whoever wins that title game, We'll win the Super Bowl. Bucks blew out the uh, the Raiders. It wasn't close. The, the Eagles would have blew them out too. Thanks, Jim. Wentz is just, I mean, and, and Scott Turner, the offensive coordinator in Washington, has not coached that out of him yet. Okay? <laughs> hey, Van Gogh Sills, move on, please. Let's not. <laughs> Let's not hang there. Okay. 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 Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Davey Boy goes, we know what happened, dude. Okay. Uh, that's a good one. You're right. Mayfield has to be on here for eight, doesn't he? Yeah, Jalen just moved up a spot. Number one is Trey Lance. 
Trey Lance just can't get to the playoffs, have a winning season. That's a step backwards from Garoppolo. You got rid of a quarterback who went to the NFC title game two of the last three years. And you're, you're moving off him. Okay. He's got to get to the Super Bowl and win it for that trade to have worked. Because if Garoppolo goes to a place with any functioning front office, he's going to win again. There's certain guys that go to places and everybody runs to them. Garoppolo had a winning record in New England. He had an exceptional record in San Francisco. And he'll have another great record somewhere else. And why is that? It's a Nick Foles factor. The locker room gravitates to these guys. One of the things that Foles has that Wentz will never have, when Nick Foles walks into a locker room, players automatically have respect for him. When Carson Wentz walks into the locker room, there's question marks about that guy without even talking to him. When Brady walks in, Brady wants every phone number to every player, all 90 players' names, so he can call him personally on the phone. When he first got to Tampa Bay, Jason Light told me he asked for the entire register of names with people with phone numbers. Didn't matter what position you were on the team. Brady called him, talked to him. Hey, I'm really happy, man. We're going to try to do some great things here. Brady wanted to know everybody. Brady, Brady's greatest asset, Jalen has this. Okay? Jalen has this. You know what that is? It, 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 they're great teammates. Brady's greatest asset is he's the greatest teammate of all time. And, and you got a bobblehead like Antonio Brown talking shit on him. Guy's a loser. No one takes him serious. Seriously, he's, he's like a joke now. When you hear him talking, you're not, nothing comes out. You're like, this guy lives in like some fantasy land. Now he thinks he's a rapper or something and whatever. Whatever, dude. Your old news. But see, he has to throw shade on Brady because you know why? It's the only thing that keeps him relevant. Tom Brady let that guy into his world and he shit all over him. Be the biggest mistake he ever made in his life. How we alert. They traded Xander God, Ugo Amadi for a 2024 draft pick. So get get this. So here's what Howie did. Howie turned that dude that they made that trade for J-Jaw and they traded that guy for a pick and they didn't want to show face because he lost the second rounder on J-Jaw. You talk about covering your ass. This guy's the king of CYA. Holy cow. So you traded a second rounder. What was the pick? Do we know what the pick is? Or let me, I guarantee you, I got the idea what the pick is. You ready? The Eagles, Adam Schefter. Eagles are sending Uge Omadi, 
whom they recently acquired from Seattle in a previous trade to Tennessee Titans in a deal involving a late 2024 draft pick. A seventh rounder, probably. It says picks. It does say picks. Okay. A sixth and a seventh. Okay. Wow. So how he comes out of that? I got two picks. We're getting rid of J. Jaw. This is something else, man. Probably five and six. Okay. Wow. Talk about covering your ass. Unreal. That he is the king of CYA. Yeah, he lost a second round draft pick. Why can't anyone just admit that? How he lost a second round, but he, you know what he's done? He's packaged this up not to look like a massive failure. He lost a second round pick. You don't have value at that pick now. Wow. But you can you can you can spin it. I got multiple picks for J Jaw. And watch this. The Philly media will go, oh, Howie being Howie. And I'm like, lost a second rounder. You're talking fives and sixes for a two? A second round draft choice is a big pick. Second, thirds, sometimes even a fourth. Some big picks. The mad scientist strikes again. Only Howie could do this. Two picks for JJ is tremendous. Yeah, five and six. So you basically said this, okay? I'll give you a second round draft choice player for two fives and sixes. So you basically surrendered a second for two fives or to a five and a six. Okay, yeah, that sounds like you got in return. Xander goes, bus happen. This is a great way to turn nothing into something. It is. I guess. Okay. Let me let me say this to you here. Let me ask you something here. Who, who out, okay. Outside of Devontae, what's Howie's best wide receiver he's ever drafted? What's the best wide out he's ever drafted? Jeremy Macklin. You could probably say Djax. I thought he was really good. In 22 years, he's been in the building since 2000. Okay? It's 22 years of draft choices. Djax? Okay. How many years ago was that? Macklin and Jackson, 22 years. And I think Devontae's in there. And Xander going like this. Hey, you got something for nothing. Bus happen. Seems to be a lot of bus at that position, though, in Eagle history. Seems to be a high volume of misses at that position. Those wide receivers, man, I mean, right? Oh, and you still got another one to deal with, with Jalen Rager. 
you still have another one to deal with. The last two wide receivers. We'll see. We shall see. There's been no 100-catch guy or no 1,000-yard guy. Well, how much the last time was a 1,000-yard catch guy? 14? 17? We'll see. We'll see. Looking forward to it. All right. Um, the Dolphins. Tua. Eagles. Want to hit on that. Also, there could be a potential running back that's going to be jettisoned. I want to hit on that. Please hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. your day with confidence definitely want to keep the umbrellas on hand and keep your family safe with action news and accuweather numerous tornadoes well over seven inches of rain your go-to team when severe weather strikes the water is still rising right now keeping you prepared wherever you watch on tv on 6abc.com and on our streaming apps. And that's when we go severe weather mode and on the air for you action news and accuweather the team you trust. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
Welcome back. National Football Show with your boy, Big Sills. Please hit the like button. I appreciate everybody coming in. Armando Salguero from OutKick and also Pro Football Hall of Fame voter will join us in hour number three. He was at the practices between the Eagles and Dolphins today, and we'll get his thoughts. It was a hot one out there, boy, I'll tell you that. Um, there's a player that's going to be cut here soon. And also, um, talk a little bit about some of these controlled scrimmages here. I want to I hit on that a little bit here. By the way, I got a programming note, too. In November, man, I think The Rock is going to try to come aboard with us and um, jump on the show and talk some ball with us. He's getting ready for the XFL to start um, when the calendar turns in, like, February. Plus, he wants to talk some NFL football. Uh, we'll obviously talk some Kane stuff and his respect for Jerome Brown. He can't wait. So had a great conversation with his folks today. Finding time with the rock is kind of hard. He doesn't really do a lot of that stuff, but for us, he's going to come aboard the national football show. So we're looking forward to it. Xander is aware of it. And so is big Joe. So we're looking forward to having him. They are going to put him on the program. So I'm looking forward to it. You think they should be televising these controlled scrimmages? Man, I'd love to watch these things. I wish they they like aired this stuff. If you're going to take exhibition football away from the fans, why not, why not put some of these controlled scrimmages out there? I know we're getting excerpts of them, but can you imagine another economic way of, of making money for the television networks? If how, Hey, watch this. Eagle fans. Patriot fans, Steeler fans. Would that be the number one viewed television show if you aired the inner squad practices between the Eagles and Dolphins? Can you imagine what the ratings would be in Philly? Can you imagine what the ratings would be in Boston, Chicago, any of those other places? You imagine that? And it's another way of selling it to the networks on television rights where you can increase the value of the league. Okay? Even bring fans in. Make it make it like, look. So get this. You have Dolphin fans and you have Eagle fans. You're trying to tell me that there's nobody from the Northeast or from the Philadelphia area that people... I know Tony Bruno lives down there. I know Tony Bruno. Drive right across from West Florida and go right over there and watch the Eagles practice. Who in their right mind wouldn't want to sell that? Dude, I think that's a definite thing that the league needs to look at. Okay? That that old, like, school stuff and way of doing things, well, we're going to do everything behind curtains and, you know, we're going to have fences up. Nobody can – that those days are done, man. You're trying to maximize as much money as you possibly can as long as you can. The league can do so much with this. Look at what the pre... Have you guys seen the pre... I know, the NFL does, Jay. Sometimes they act like the CIA and they got an opportunity for more revenue stream here. Shit, you could have like an NFL Network 2 and air all these games. And you could almost do it like you do with DirecTV. You could have multiple practices being shown. Be a great way to make money. You met, or or you can even Amazon it, charge five bucks for a stream. 
and you get to watch the practices. What a great way to bring people into the stream. Did you see that stat? That 60% of the people don't realize still to this day, you're not watching Thursday night football unless you have Amazon Prime. You're not watching it. Some are going, what? It's not on network television. You will not be watching Thursday night football on Amazon if you don't have Amazon Prime. That's an absolute fact. It's great for our business and Jacob because the world is coming to streaming now and everyone is doing it. Even the radio stations and the radio companies are getting blasted by the streaming networks. Getting destroyed. Just as much of a viable entity now as mainstream radio is. Why do you think everyone's getting into it? The NFL, when the NFL gets into it, you know it's a thing. You know it's a thing. Can you believe that, man? I mean, look, you just, yeah, that NFL Live, Danny, it is, but they only show you excerpts. I'd like to see the entire practice. Okay? <laughs> rage, hey, rage, rage is right. Who doesn't have Amazon Prime sales? <laughs> You'd be shocked, man. The league is looking at many other percentages. I know. It's, it's, you know, I don't, I don't even, I don't want to really toot our horn yet officially, but Jacob is now a massive player in Philly. Massive. Everyone knows it. I get harassed daily by other network people. Every day I get harassed. Why are you doing this? How come you're not doing this? How come you're not doing it? Don't worry about your own shit. I got it. We're good. <laughs> Hit the like button. We're good. Believe me, I'm big sills is good. We're we're good. By the way, I'd be remiss if I didn't thank you. Because you guys make it happen. It's not the host. You know, we all just go along with content. We throw things out, and you guys are so receptive to it, and we appreciate that. So I don't think this is us. We've built this. No billboards, no like, um, you know, dirigibles over the cities. We've all built this, and it's an honor to have you guys with us. I mean it. Okay, it's not hyperbole. You guys have built this with us, and we appreciate it. Jay goes, now, Seals, you have a great personality. And, well, sometimes that personality gets me in trouble there, Jay. And don't tell Xander that because he'll tell you to shut the hell up. I'm kidding. All right. right, let's. What do you guys make of Kenyon Drake? I think in what I'm hearing, he will be cut by the Raiders. They gave him a bag of money too, man. And he's really not done anything there in Las Vegas. What would you think about Drake being part of the Eagles? Would you look at him? They cut him, Joel. I didn't know they cut him. They cut him. One of the you know you know one of the landing spots. I thought I thought they were cutting him later in the week. They cut him yesterday. Okay, I didn't know that. I didn't know that that they had already released him. Here's one of the landing spots they're talking. Okay, here's probably why, Xander, because he's got to clear waivers. And he's probably cleared waivers now unless somebody's put a claim in for him. Okay? Unless somebody – this is how – when you get cut, 
the current draft order that we just had in April gets a shot at him. Now, if you claim him, you got to pick up his contract. And it's a pretty stiff contract that he has. So once he clears waivers, then he could sign anywhere he wants. And that's how he I yeah, I I I had I thought he was still there as of this morning. Okay, so obviously he has cleared waivers. Unless something comes out, let's see. So if somebody's checking the wire now, four o'clock Eastern time, it's past that that number now. That's usually when you clear waivers or you've been claimed. Um, it's only one year, 5.5. That's double what Miles Sanders is making. Just so you know, Miles Sanders is at 2.5. And Drake is at 5.5. So what I would do is I would, I, if I'm the Eagles or any team, I'm not picking that number up for a guy that just got cut. That's too high a number for me. I could bring him in on a lesser of a contract. Okay. Release them Tuesday. Okay. I, yeah, I, 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 Hey, um, Swansky, I, I, I didn't even know that. Okay. I thought he was still there as a four o'clock today. So I'm assuming he hasn't cleared waivers. Then that means he gets to pick Kansas city's team that everyone's saying that he may land at. You're staying in the same division. You know the opponents. Andy Reid is really great at, you know, getting backs into. They haven't had a running back since Kareem Hunt. And they need a pass-catching running back to help Patrick Mahomes out. Should the Eagles take a look at him? Who's better, Kenyon Drake or Miles Sanders? Who would you rather have in your building? Isn't Drake got a little bit of an injury issue too? If I had to do this, I would say this to you. If, 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 if it came down to these two players, I think I'd rather have the guy in my own building. Okay? I think I'd rather have a guy. You see, the, the Rams want him too. That makes sense for play action with Stafford. Would you rather have Drake or Miles Sanders? Yuri says Drake. Let's move Hurts the running back at Jimmy G. Dom says, hey, Dan, how bad do you think this defense has been before the front office considers making a change? Dom, I don't think they've had a very good offseason. And I'm talking about preparation. Last two weeks, they got killed today by the Dolphins, and they got killed by the um, Cleveland Browns. And you're talking to me about winning scrimmages. I mean, just don't put a trend together. Let's not have a couple weeks in a row where the defense is not showing up. I don't care if you're twos or ones. You got to show up. You're not showing up. Is that Jonathan Gannon playing a game? Why would you want your players to look like shit going into a regular season? What coach coaches like that? Let's look as bad as we can so we can, you know, fool everyone. You're not fooling anybody in this business. You're not fooling anybody. As a matter of fact, don't you think the Eagles are a football team that sets the tone instead of trying to fool people? 
That's not a football team that's going to fool anybody. Here's the attitude, at least right now, I have of the Eagles. Well, we may not be the most proficient passing team, but you know what we are going to do? You better make sure your mouthpiece is in and your chin strap is secured because you're going to fight us for 60 minutes. I don't know what the score is, and I don't care. Somebody's going to get their ass kicked if your head's not on a swivel. That's how I see the Eagles. Okay? Don't lose that. Don't lose that. See, I think you can out-physical Kansas City. You're not going to out-physical the Bucs because the Bucs are pretty physical on defense. You're not going to out-physical the Philadelphia Eagle offensive line. You're not out-physicaling that group. You're just not. Okay? Why would I throw the ball, though, to take some of that physicality away? See, you are one of the very few teams that can beat the shit out of every team in the league. It's got nothing to do with your quarterback. Well, it does because he's part of that running attack. So that's not fair. How many teams can do this? We're going to line up and kill you. Tennessee, Baltimore, Philly, the Bucks. Bucks are physical. Huge old line which is decimated. So that's going to play a factor. Okay? I don't look at the Rams as a physical football team, do you? I mean, do you do you look at the Packers as a physical team? I look at Minnesota. I don't know how they don't win more games. You got Dalvin Cook, pretty decent old line. I think Indianapolis is going to be like that. San Francisco, very good name. There's certain teams, man, you go like this. Man, it's going to be a long day. It's going to be a long day. And Philly's one of them. Philly may be one of the top two teams in that category. I'd rather be that team than a lot of other teams in the NFL. You see, your deficiency at quarterback, it gets taken away from the deficiencies of the quarterback because of how dominant you are at the point of attack. Do you know what a luxury that is? What I'm saying is your quarterback doesn't have to have an all-pro day. Your quarterback just doesn't have to turn it over because them dudes are going to run you over. Every team that prepares for a team like – like watch this. If I was on a football team that got ready for the Eagle team, I'd be like this. Holy shit, man. Be a lot of power trays. They're going to run up the middle. They're going to try to get out wide in the perimeter. They're going to try to stay in third and short. Pressuring the quarterback is not maybe the best thing. Keeping him contained is the essential thing. You see, pressuring Jalen is not going to be as important as containing him. You can't let him get out and break down the edges on you or break your heart. Third and long, he gets first downs. That's what he was really effective at last year. That's a, that's a plus. He could break that thing down because he was smart enough to know when you're third and nine and he's picking up first downs and you don't set the edge and he gets on the perimeter. You know so many times when he got outside the perimeter, defenses had no answer for him. That is what they're building off of and trying to improve on the passing game that pressuring him is important but containing him is essential. 
Like, we would go like this. Hey, let's get interior pressure on this guy. But our defensive ends, and by the way, you watch some of these jet sweeps they run with Devontae this coming season to try to break down some of those edges. You watch how many times they try to get out on the edge versus teams. I think that's going to be part of the game plan. Man, you can't let that happen when you got an offensive line like that where you're not only running up the middle, but you're running on the perimeter. One of the hardest things to do in the NFL, it's almost unbelievably difficult to do. How many times do you see teams get outside to tackle and run outside on teams? Teams are fast. They got the best athletes on the planet. Most of the time, you don't see even the worst defenses in the NFL. You don't see that a lot. Because you've got exceptional athletes all up and down the lineup on all 32 teams. Okay. Sills, what team are you expect excited to watch other than the Eagles? The Saints. Okay? The Saints. I think the Saints might be a surprise. I'm pulling for Jameis Winston. I hope he gets his career back on track again. He's got a lot of talent. If Jameis Winston, let's say Jameis Winston does this. The year Jameis Winston threw for 5,000 yards, 33 touchdowns and 30 picks. If he has 10 picks less, the Buccaneers probably make the playoffs. They finished well, didn't they finish like seven and nine his final season in Tampa? If he throws 10 less picks, they're in the playoffs. We're pretty much the same team. He's a talented kid, man. Musa, what's up, man? Appreciate it. Guys, please hit the like button. Thank you. Jay says the Saints are quarterback away. That's why I'm saying if Jameis Winston can look like that guy a couple years ago with less interceptions, and Carmichael has straightened his ass out like he did a year ago when he was 5-1 and one before he went down with that knee injury, you might have something here with him. They got a really good roster, man. They got a really good roster. Nick, you're not uh, – Nick, are you – Nick, do you think that um, – you think he's a caboose? So you think Jalen has got more quarterback talent than Jameis Winston too, right? Think he throws the ball better. You think he throws the ball better? You think Jalen Hurts will ever throw for 5,000 yards in his career? I'm rooting for Jameis. The Raiders will be interesting. Ben, I, I, I hope he's been humbled, Ben. Jay, you think Derek Carr and, Der- and Jalen Hurts Derek Carr has been a top 10 quarterback numbers-wise the last five years. And you think Jalen Hurts is Derek Carr. Not close. Not close. So, Davey Boy, you think that Jalen could throw for 5,000 yards then? Chargers will be interesting. Hey, Bleach, I know. (laughs) Maybe combined rushing and throwing. 5,000. Cars better? Okay. 
Olave is a perfect fit in that offense. Yeah, but Michael Thomas has been banged up too again. I don't know what the hell's going on with him. Okay, I I, I don't I, I I don't know what. Bills and Chargers. The Bills. I mean, the Bills are expected to win a Super Bowl this year. The Chargers will be a surprise team. I think. I do. 49ers will be interesting. Okay. Winston is a pick machine. Hey, Swansky, I can't, I can't, like I said, you know, talking about things that haven't happened yet. I can't do that for Jalen and then turn around and go, yeah, but I think that they've really kind of coached him. I think he's getting better coaching actually right now than he did when he was in Tampa with Bruce Arians. Okay. I think Carmichael is doing a better job with him than what Bruce did. You got to remember something about Bruce Arians. No risk it, no biscuit. Even Brady had a problem with it. There was a compromise after that Bears game in the Super Bowl season. They're not throwing a ball down the field like that. And they went to dink and dunk again, and they won a Super Bowl doing it. They went on a great run. I think Bruce Arians has a high-risk offense. And I think what they did with Jameis when he was 5-1 and one last year before they went down, I think they were showing him ways to win ball games where you don't have to be a high-risk offense. I thought the Steelers were high-risk offense when he was the offensive coordinator, and that was one of the reasons why I think they moved him out of that position in Pittsburgh. Didn't anyone ever ask, how did Bruce Arians get removed from being the offensive coordinator in Pittsburgh? He didn't get the head coaching job in Indianapolis. He became the assistant coach under Chuck Pagano. And when Pagano got cancer... That's when he ended up winning the coach of the year. He was he was relieved of his duties in Pittsburgh because they were high risk in Pittsburgh and Roethlisberger had a lot of turnovers. Then the job that he did with Andrew Luck got him the Arizona job. That's how he got that job. And that's how he went on. And by the way, Bruce Arians has been on the show three times. I'm friends and I love Bruce. He has a high risk offense. Tremendous to play for. Unbelievable coaching staff, everything. I'm a huge Bruce Arians fan. But if you're not a seasoned quarterback, you're going to have high turnovers in that offense. Roethlisberger did too. So did Brady early. Brady was throwing. Look at the look at the picks Brady had the Super Bowl year. I think there were 11 of them. That's high for Tom Brady. That's high. And when you play in that offense like that, let me tell you something. Here, here's something about Jalen last year. You know why Jalen's completion percentage wasn't very good last year? What was it, 61%? Well, bro, when you're throwing out patterns and you're throwing curl patterns and you're not throwing to your backs and you're you're not at least proficient in the short passing game. And by the way, I don't think that was Jalen Hurts. I think that was play calling. I never saw a lot of intermediate passes, slot did did huh, huh, did we throw a lot to the slot last year? Do you guys remember that, or is that just me? Did did they throw into did they throw a slot pass at all last year? It was almost not effective, especially when we were talking about running backs catching a ball. What a game we'll have! Thirty three catches, right? CB eighty six. Appreciate you coming aboard. Yeah, Pittsburgh's not an awful city, Nick. Pittsburgh's a great sports city. 
Okay. It's a great sports city, man. They love their sports there. Too bad their pirates aren't what they used to be when I was a kid. That was a great baseball team, man. Now it's kind of good. Isn't it crazy too? The Steelers and the pirates have the same colors. Love that. That's by design too. Um, Small market, Green Bay's a small market, but look what they do with Lambeau Field every week. Right? Pickett's going to be solid for them. Listen, this is what I say to that whole thing with Pickett. Start the kid. Start the kid. You got seven quarterbacks in the draft next year. Kid sucks, go get one. That old notion of developing players and sitting behind and hoping and Talking potential again, to me, is old news. The Arizona Cardinals showed you how to do it. Josh Rosen was not good. So Steve Kime, the general manager, went into the draft the next year, jettisoned Rosen to the Dolphins, and they drafted Kyler Murray. You don't have to coach a mistake like the Giants are doing. The Giants are coaching a mistake. You think that Daniel Jones is going to be good with six offensive linemen injured and a just an absolute mass unit at wide receivers where all these players have been hurt. He has no chance of success. But you want to try to coach that. Why? The tough cuts. Some organizations just refuse to make the tough cuts. That's why when you got Belichick, he don't give a shit what round you're drafted in. See, that's the antithesis of what Howie Roseman is. In New England... If you're Nikhil Harry, you're moved. And they don't care if they get a a seventh-round draft choice for you. They don't care. And they don't care what you think about it or a guy like me. They don't care. But they're going to move off them. They're not going to sit around for three years sucking on their thumbs and talking about potential like we do all day long here with some of the players like Derek Barnett. Derek Barnett, really? Haven't you seen enough? I mean, your eyeball test tells you he's a marginal player at best. He's marginal. Makes no, absolutely makes no sense. Makes no sense. Uh, Daniel Jones, but guess what? They hire Brian Dable to coach that. So here's what will happen in New York that'll fail. Either they'll trade for Jimmy Garoppolo or they'll go through the season. It'll be a shit season in New York. So the first year's gone. They'll draft a quarterback next year. They'll develop him. They won't win. Third year, they'll fire Brian Dable. Writing's on the wall for him. That's what's happened to uh, Matt Rule in Carolina. Matt Rule goes into the final year of his hot seat season in Carolina with Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold in his quarterback room. He has no way of winning that job. He'll be the first coach fired. No way. Unless Baker Mayfield turns out to be this unbelievable find. He's out. I mean, he's out. All right, let me let me hit again on some of these quarterbacks this year that are on the hot seat. Also, I want to talk a little bit about Tua and the Dolphins. They got another organized practice tomorrow, so I want to hit on that. I already talked a little bit about the discipline. 
I want to go back to Jonathan Gannon as well and his defensive scheme. And to me, maybe what he's doing as he gets ready for the upcoming season. Don't forget, guys, my friends over at Morgan & Morgan, where the fee is free, meaning this. If you're hurt or injured on the job, there's no better place in the country to get fair compensation if you've been hurt or injured on the job than Morgan & Morgan. Past 30 years, they've collected over $13.5 billion worth of compensation for their clients. And folks, there's no such thing as a small case at Morgan & Morgan. And for the people, it's not a slogan. It is exactly who they are for the past 30 years. Over 800 attorneys and offices in Philadelphia, New York, and in Florida, like I said, make them the biggest firm in the country. Call them at 800-512-1600. That's 800-512-1600. No question about it. They are going to make sure they represent you to the best of their ability. 800-512-1600. And when you call Morgan & Morgan, do me a favor, tell them Dan Celio sent you. After a car crash, the big insurance companies you see advertising on TV, they may try to downplay your case and might say, it's only a fender bender or it's just a herniated disc. I worry that some law firms fall for this BS. Not us. We put ourselves in your shoes and ask, what would it be like to be in your pain for the rest of our lives? A million dollars wouldn't be enough for me. There's only one Morgan & Morgan. ForThePeople.com your day with confidence definitely want to keep the umbrellas on hand and keep your family safe with action news and accuweather numerous tornadoes well over seven inches of rain your go-to team when severe weather strikes the water is still rising right now keeping you prepared wherever you watch on tv on 6abc.com and on our streaming apps. And that's when we go severe weather mode and on the air for you action news and accuweather the team you trust. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
Welcome back. National Football Show. It's your boy, Big Sills. Please hit the like button. Don't forget our three. From OutKick, our friend Armando Salguero, who's also part of the Hall of Fame panel on voting players in. He was also at practice today for the Eagles and Dolphins in a scrimmage. And we'll get his thoughts on what he saw, too. So that'll be there for us here. So let me let, let me throw this at you here. So Miles Sanders wasn't at the joint practices again. Kid, can't make the team in the tub. You cannot make the club in the tub. You cannot be relied on or leaned on as a focal point of your football team when you're constantly out of the lineup and not ready to go or available. You can't, you cannot, and I don't want to. It's got to be so frustrating right now for Howie Roseman and Nick Sirianni and Shane Steichen to not see this guy in a huddle. Now, some of you will go like this. Well, he's hurt. I don't care. Dude, it's one thing to be injured. Guy has a, a knee injury. He comes back. He plays his ass off. It's not a string of consecutive games and years and where you're constantly talking about the same shit. Do we not agree? Our conversation about not Miles Sanders. Here's Miles Sanders in a nutshell. Watch this. He's not a very good pass catcher. I don't know what happened from his first year where he looked like he was to where he is now. Maybe that's fundamentally something that's changed in the offense. I don't know. But he's surely not effective there. His vision is kind of decent in between the tackles. I wouldn't say it's exceptional. I think he's I think he's above average. His durability is a problem for me. So when you put all those things in there, that's who he is. That's why he doesn't have a contract right now. That's why they haven't extended him. That's why they're letting him walk through his final season at two and a half million dollars. I think he's the highest paid guy. Oh, no, the guy at the perimeter is $25 million. He's got to be, outside of the old lineman, he's got to be when you're higher paid guys because they don't really have a lot of money spent or invested in the offensive output for the Eagles. Quarterback's making $1.1 um, because Devontae's on a uh, rookie contract. He makes like $980,000, $980, Most of the money was in signing bonus. Um, quarterback doesn't make a lot. Shit, man. Zach Pascal makes more than both Quez Watkins and Devontae Smith. Highest paid guy in the offense outside of the line is AJ Brown. Think about what you're spending on that side of the ball. You got $1.1 million in the quarterback. You got 900 grand in Devontae. You got $2 million in two players. Kidding me, right? Take the... And that's why they're taking advantage of it. And then you look at the guy making $2.5 million. He's one of the higher-paid guys. The backup quarterback makes more than Jalen. So, I mean, you got an advantage on that side of the ball building your football team. Okay? You, you, a huge advantage. That's one of the things, too, that the Eagles are doing on the fly. You're not only one of the top. This is why... I have a sense of urgency on why I think this team could do really great things here. 
Look at the money you're spending or not spending. Shit, you could spend $25 million on a wideout win. You're not paying the quarterback or the other wide receivers or the running back for that matter. Better take full advantage because it's not going to be around long. That window is shorter for the Eagles financially than the window, window of opportunity for the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl window, we'll talk about that at the top, okay, is more open and has a wider range than what you're doing salary-wise because it will shut. Because like Xander says, if that scenario where that guy gets to the NFC title game, they win 13 ball games, they're going to extend him. And it's going to be about 35 to $40 million. Okay? And that window's over. Because now you're limited on what you can do financially with the cap because of the amount of money. Look at Green Bay. They were not going to spend $25 million. Look at Kansas City. Look at Common Sense. Kansas City wasn't going to pay Tyree Kill $25 million and $50 million for a quarter. They're not paying $75 million for two guys. Cooper Cup had to take a hometown discount in Los Angeles to stay in L.A. It's not about the most money. When Les Snead and Kevin Demoff heard that in the Rams' front office, they knew they had him still. And that's why they were able to extend Stafford. Look at the Packers. They jettisoned Devontae Adams. You were going to pay $50 million for Aaron Rodgers this year and $25 million, $75 million of your $200 million salary cap? No way. No way. But in Philly, you could sign a $25 million wide out when your quarterback's making $1.1 million. Okay? Your quarterback's making $1.1 million. Your other wideouts making 937, 937,000. Devontae. $2 million wrapped up in those two dudes. Quez Watkins makes like 880 or something. There's not a lot of money at the skilled positions outside of AJ. Well, Goddard makes a decent salary. Shouldn't say that. Goddard makes a decent salary. Yeah, but Steven, I think they're they're preparing themselves. Because of the salary, the salary cap, Stephen, and because of the quarterbacks in the draft next year, and they're waiting to see if this potential lives up to it this year. Because trust me, and I do agree, Xander, I'm finally going to go down the line with you on this. I agree. They're praying for Jalen Hurts to have a really good year. Because... Then they can extend him and offer him hometown cooking. Will Jalen take it? Probably. Okay? And I'm not saying taking a massive haircut when it comes to market value and, 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 and salary. I'm not saying that. But could they give him $40 million for three years of a contract? Use those first rounders somewhere else? Trade up, get Will Anderson from Alabama next year? Add an insane edge rusher? Like that guy on your team? Shit, I'd give two ones up to go get Will Anderson. Are you crazy? You can have that any day, any time. That kid is a difference maker. He's the best defensive football player 
that Nick Saban's ever coached. That tells you all you need to know, my opinion. By the way, he'll have a better career than Bryce Young will. Anybody on that Alabama team right now, Anderson's going to have the better career. That guy's like Derek Thomas. He's Derek Thomas. Would you not want Derek Thomas on the Eagles? I don't know. I would. Hell, I'll take Cornelius Bennett. So I, I believe they want him to play well. Especially, watch this too. So Brady's gone next year. You mean to tell me if Jalen plays 15% better, his only battles are going to be a one year left. How about this one? Let's, let's do this. Let's play general manager for a second here. Howie Roseman in two years when Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady are out of the league. Who's in the NFC? Dak, Kyler Murray, Stafford. I can beat that on any given Sunday. If I'm Philly, I can beat that. Now, could that change with Lamar's situation in Baltimore or Borough in Cincinnati? Highly unlikely it could. But if you're Howie, how is the NFC going to look in three years from now? Think of that. Anybody in the East scare you? Who, Carson Wentz? Baker Mayfield? Baker Mayfield may be a top 10 quarterback in three years in the NFC. It shows you how this can change. The NFC, the, all the quarterbacks are over on the AFC side. Different conversation. If I'm Howie and the Eagles are in the AFC, I, I, I need a passing quarterback and a pass rusher. Don't you notice? Think of this for a minute. Look at what every team in the AFC is doing. Well, the Chargers got a quarterback, and they went out and got Khalil Mack, and they got Joey Bozum. 49ers have Nick Bozum, right? You got pass rushers. You got them all over the place. Chandler Jones now in uh, with the Raiders. Look at all these pass rushers. Pass rushers in the AFC are essential because of the quarterbacks that they have in that conference. Essential. Not so much in the NFC. I mean, Kirk Cousins could be your best quarterback in the NFC in three years with Justin Jefferson. I don't know. I mean, put him in a hat, pick one out, and Jalen Hurts' name may come out. Okay? Because if Hurts has a good year and wants $40 million, then we want to have the cap to sign Smitty to a great deal. But here... Here's the one thing that I'm going to say to you one more time about Devontae Smith. You're not going to give Devontae Smith $25 million a year if he's got 70 catches and 900 yards. You're not. You're not. He's not physically imposing like AJ is. So you're going to spend $25 million on two wideouts a piece? You're going to spend $50 million? And then turn around and spend 40 on your quarterback? Never happened. You're not going to spend $80 million on three players. You're the Cowboys then. Flex. 
So what happens if we win 13, 14 games and Hertz gets shut down in the playoffs? If you win 13 or 14 games and you get shut down in the playoffs, shit happens. Matchups happen. 13, 14 games with a football team that has a quarterback and a $1.1 million contract and you ain't paying anybody shit on offense except for the wideout that you got from the Titans and you got two draft choices, I'm going to be okay going into 2023 with Jalen. Why would I want to start over again? Now, or Flex, I'll say this to you, Flex. Then you're in the Garoppolo conversation. Do you move off a guy like – you see, I know you guys don't like to compare this because it's different styles. But when we talk about Jalen Hurts, it's not going to be about numbers. Barrett Brooks says that too. It's going to be about winning. Well, 49ers moved off of winning. Imagine that. The 49ers have moved off of winning because they see the potential in Trey Lance. And they think Trey Lance gives them a better chance to win a Super Bowl. The question will be, can Jalen win a Super Bowl? Even if he wins 13 games, he gets bounced in the opening round. You're back to the Garoppolo conversation. Do you want to start over? And can he win a Super Bowl? That's the major concern there. We all agree. The Eagles are going to win a lot of games this year. At least I, I'm under that. Okay? I, I'm under the belief they're going to win a lot of games. Fly says, Cilio, do you think Jalen would take a team-friendly contract? Depends how it's structured. You give me – how about this? Fly, you give me a big signing bonus – I'll give you a haircut in the um, in the regular pay so you can make more moves to bring other players in. I think it's how it's structured. Remember something. When you sign a guy to a five- or ten-year contract, that's Fantasy Island money, and that's Monopoly money in the end. That's Monopoly money. Sign-up bonus is where it's at. Dude, that, how do you – you know what's crazy? Three years, $100 million is the lowest I see the agent taken. You know, you know what's crazy? I got people that still say this to me. Cilio, you were so wrong about Deshaun Watson coming to Philly. No, I was never wrong, and nor was Barrett. But when someone guarantees $230 million, you'll play for the Toronto Argonauts. It's generational wealth. No one has ever seen a guaranteed contract like that in NFL history. Who in their right mind would say no to that? With a good team, too. Wasn't like he was going to the Jets or Atlanta. My opinion, he was either going to go to Carolina, Atlanta, potentially Philly, or New Orleans. He was going to hang out in the neck of the woods where he played his college ball, Clemson. He's from Atlanta. But when someone goes, here's $230 million, it changed the game. It changed the game. It's funny, when contract negotiations are going on, a team can outbid someone else. 
49ers are kicking the uh, tires on Matthew Stafford. They got outbid by the Rams. They've been trying to move off of Jimmy Garoppolo for three years because they even kicked the tires on Brady in 2020. Celio, you guarantee me $230 million. I'll clean your pool and your gutters for the rest of them. Dude, I'm with you, man. I'll go, I'll go to Saskatchewan Rough Riders, man. I don't give a shit where it is. I'm playing and I'm getting paid. I love it, man. It's business when Smitty is due for an extension. AJ will be traded. Well, well, hey, let's see if Jalen can get him the ball. Let's see. Because once again, you're talking about potential. And anytime I hear potential, you haven't done it yet. He had, and, and, and you know what? I say this with respect, but Devontae put in today's NFL with the passing game, those are pedestrian numbers. I think A.J. Brown has pedestrian numbers. I don't see anything exceptional about him. There's nothing, maybe the touchdowns. And you've really got to dissect his tape to see where he's effective. Red zone, jump balls, stuff like that. He's going to outman you because he's just physical. But he has pedestrian numbers too. 68 catches, 998 yards, 1,000 yards, shit like that. Hunter Renfro's got better numbers. I mean, Jalen Waddle put up better numbers last year than A.J. Brown did. And he had nobody. Well, he had Tua and Jake, Jacoby Brissett throwing the ball. But, you know, you've got to dissect, really, to look at it. And by the way, I think A.J. Brown is a top 10 wideout. I'm not saying he's not. But he doesn't have top 10 numbers. Look at him. Those are not exceptional numbers. He's not Devontae Adams or... Some of the guys that put up big numbers. He had a pedestrian quarterback. That pedestrian quarterback had the number one seed in the AFC last year. Okay? In a very tough conference. He had a pedestrian quarterback. He's 33-10 and 10 as a starter there. How dumb is that? AJ missed four games. Sorry, man. Part of the evaluation. He's only averaged 68 catches and 998 yards in three years. Is that elite? Do you think that's elite on a team that's 30 and 13 since Tannehill's taken over? They didn't need him last year. They still were number one. And they, they won 12, 13 games last year. They didn't need him. That's why they jettisoned him. They weren't going to pay him $25 million because he's not a focal point on that team. I love how everyone thinks A.J. Brown is a major part of that Tennessee Titans team. He's not. Passing has never been. It's the running game up there that's essential. Whether whether A.J. Brown had 1,100 yards or 900 yards didn't matter. It was the running attack that kept them in the game. Tannehill kept them alive, and they won the bye. You could say whatever you want. They were the best team at the end of the regular season in the AFC. Facts. They didn't have Derrick Henry for 10 weeks. 
That's a fact. I'm not talking fantasy shit here. I'm not telling you anything, Brian. They're not. Where have I said that the Eagles are screwed? Okay. Ryan Tannehill had Hurts type numbers last year, and they won 12 games. So wait a minute here. Are you really suggesting to me that you actually, dude, that Tennessee Titans team beat a shitload of winning teams last, last year? You're out of your mind. Jalen didn't beat anybody relevant last year. Flex says, if that happens, take the Chiefs approach. Draft a quarterback that can sling that thing and let him sit like they did with Alex Smith. Look, man, I think the Philadelphia Eagle front office wants Jalen to have great success this year so they can continue to build the team. But know this. This is your final year of building your football team where you can go out and sign anybody you want because you're either going to move off of Jalen Hurts at the end of the year and have a rookie contract or you're going to sign him for $40 million. It's over. Then you're going to be paying a quarterback $40 million and a wideout $25 million on a $210 million cap. Two players. Two players. And you've got to remember, you've got to pay them old linemen that are the heart and soul of your team. Okay? This is the last year of the finances being the way it is. Because you're going to have to make a money decision. Get this. That's another great take on that. Guys, you got to make a money decision at the end of the year. That's going to impact your cap. And how appropriate, finally, that Alshon Jeffries $5.5 million falls off. Okay? So they're going to have a little bit more room in that cap next year. And it'll probably go up maybe two hundred and. $16 million, somewhere in there. All right. Hour three is coming up. Do me a favor. Please hit the like button. Super Bowl contenders. I want to hit on that. And also, Armando Sargaro from the Outkick will be with us. He was at practice today with Eagles and Dolphins. And we'll get his spin on what he saw today. We'll talk some Tua with him. We'll get his spin, especially that whole Tom Brady story. And on top of that, the owner now being suspended for a couple months. What an incredible story going on in Miami. So we'll hit on all that. Hit the like button. Hour three. Keep it here on the National Football Show. your day with confidence definitely want to keep the umbrellas on hand and keep your family safe with action news and accuweather numerous tornadoes well over seven inches of rain your go-to team when severe weather strikes the water is still rising right now keeping you prepared wherever you watch on tv on 6abc.com and on our streaming apps. And that's when we go severe weather mode and on the air for you action news and accuweather the team you trust. 
At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Hour three national football show. It's your boy, Big Sills. Please hit the like button. Armando Salguero from Outkick will join us at the bottom of the hour. He was there at the scrimmage between Dolphins and Eagles. We'll get his take on what he saw, and we'll talk a little bit about the Dolphins this year. They made a lot of moves. I would say this, that you could make a point that the Dolphins actually made more moves than what the Philadelphia Eagles did. You got a quality left tackle from the Saints. You upgraded your coach. Or you think you did. Um, you added Tyree Kill. And you weakened a AFC opponent in the Chiefs by doing that. And you gave Tua every opportunity to be successful this year. So we'll talk to him there. Um Super Bowl contenders, but I also want to do this, and I want to reset something here. You know, I heard people talking today about how the Eagles defense got pushed around today uh, by the Dolphins. And again, what happened today was humidity, the temperature, not being prepared. You mentally were beat today. You got mentally beat today. Okay? They were not prepared to play in that kind of, that kind of weather. That's what happens when you have a country club training camp and you got to go into tough scenarios like that. You got to play in harsh weather. You know, you got to play, you know, it's not that the dolphins are training harder. They just train in tougher weather. I've trained in that weather. I've played in that weather. It is unbearable. It wears your brain out. When you got 100 degrees humidity 
or 100% humidity and 98 degrees in heat, it's unbearable. It plays your mind. You're not concentrating. The effort level, it, it took me, when I first got down to the University of Miami, then when I went to the Bucks, it took, then even in the World League when I was with the Thunder, it, 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 it's, I can't believe I went through it. I can't, you're, you lose 25 pounds every practice. You ain't losing 25 pounds in that Eagle practice. They practice for 50 minutes. Then they take a shower, go home, and they go to White Castle. I mean, that's what happens when you train for 50 minutes and you have to go play in hot weather. You're not ready. And you got pushed off the ball again today, like you did against the Browns. And that goes down the line of their D coordinator. <laughs> okay. Hey, okay, Nick. Nick, you know what I always tell people about the Minnesota Vikings? How in the world do you take the greatest home field advantage in the history of the NFL away from the Vikings by putting a lid on their stadium? Do you know what it used to be like to have to go to Metropolitan Stadium in December, in November, in 50 feet of snow and 30 below? And you had to go up there and play your ass off up there, and you're from Florida? Bro, it ain't working. Why do you think the Vikings went to all those Super Bowls back in the day and haven't been to they haven't been back since? The Vikings have not been back to a Super Bowl since they put a lid on the building. Why is that? You took a home field advantage away. You took how about Buffalo? But who would you like to go up? <laughs> who wants to go to Buffalo in December? The Dolphins? I don't think so. Okay? Think about Minnesota. Can you imagine putting a lid on Lambeau Field? And you got to go up to Lambeau in January? Hey, please. Please put a lid on that thing. How can the – so the Vikings, so that they could get a Super Bowl, put a lid on the building – and you took the home field advantage away from the Vikings. Dumbest move ever. That would be like putting a lid on Lincoln Financial. Dude, rolling into Philly in December and January? I don't know about you, man, but if I'm playing in Atlanta or I'm out west in San Francisco and I got to go play in Philly and it's 20 degrees and snowing, eh. Look at how I'm thinking. That's what the Eagles did today. Man, it's hot as hell here. It is hot as Hades. That's what you're really worried about? It's hot as Hades? How about putting some good tape up? Right? How about putting some good tape up? I'd rather play in the bitter cold than in the heat. Um... I'd rather play in the heat, and I'll tell you why. Bro, there ain't nothing like playing in the heat, and you see them fat bodies come down to Florida, like them Notre Dame guys, where you see, hey, you know one of the reasons that we used to play the Bears close in Tampa? Because the Bears would all, always come down late in the year, 
and they'd come down like in November and they'd be out of get and we we'd beat them or they'd beat us by three. Those, those great Peyton teams. My first game, uh, my, my, my first game against the Bears, we we lost like we lost by three points or one point or something like that. Cause the guys came down from Chicago and it was cold in Chicago. They came down and it was odd as hell. So one o'clock kick. <laughs> it's a thing, man. It is. So the Eagles got beat up today mentally because, again, they haven't been training hard enough. It's not an Eagle thing. Okay? It's not an Eagle thing. It's a league thing. So I'll say that. No, Jess, the the Dolphins train in 100% humidity and 100 degrees, and the Eagles train for 45 minutes (laughs) in Pennsylvania. That's a country club to me. That's Club Med, the way the Philadelphia Eagles train. It's Club Med. Dude, you train in Florida like that? <laughs> Seriously, I can't believe I lived through that. Okay? It's, I love the country club. <laughs> hey, so Jonathan Gannon, man. No, I'm going to get to whether or not you think this team's a Super Bowl contender. I'll ask you here in a second. I'm just saying this to you, man. Please, Jonathan Gannon, don't screw the season up. This team has every opportunity to do some fabulous things and some really great things. Don't let the coaching and the training wheels coaches. Hey, by the way, guys, I'm still not sold on the coaching staff. No way. Very young guys. Very inexperienced guys, too. We'll see. We'll see if they evolve, too. You know, we get on Jalen Hurts for him having to get better this year. They also have to get better. Because teams are going to game plan what they've been doing. And let's see how good they are. Let's see if Howie's right on these guys. Some would go, Sills, they made it to the playoffs last year. Matt Nagy did a good job, was coach of the year in the Chicago Bears a couple years back, and he got blown out last year because he couldn't get it done. So, everyone thought George Seifert was some sort of great NFL head coach. He got to Carolina, and everyone went, eh, maybe not. (laughs) Okay? All right. Let me ask a question that I haven't asked you in over a year. Do you believe that the Philadelphia Eagles in 2022 are a Super Bowl contender? Yes or no? Do you believe they're a Super Bowl contender this year? By the way, if it's not Rodgers or Brady or the Rams, an AFC team's going to win it. Let's see. No, Sal. Brian, no. Donald, no. Rage, no. Nick, yes, no. Way to straddle it. Way to be conviction there. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. GT, yes. 
Coach is the reason why Philly, yes, they can be if the D.C. doesn't play soft and hurts, plays good. Code name, yes. Luscious, hell yeah. Borderline. Let me give you my spin. And I'm not going to waffle this. By the way, Armando Salguero will join us from South Florida. Let's take a look at the landscape. Are they the best team in their respected division? Do you think the Eagles are better than the Cowboys? Okay. Do you think they're better than the Cowboys? Let's start there first. Are they the best team? How about this? Because it's, 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 we're talking about maybes again. How about if we said this? It's either Cowboys or Eagles that are going to win the East. Washington um, and New York is not going to win the NFC East. Those teams are not going to win it. We all agree, right? It's those two teams. So you give yourself this, okay? I have just as good a chance as Dallas of winning that division. And I have just as good a shot. Starts there. So you build these little steps. You've got the first step and the most important step out of the way. Are you a contender for your division? Because this is going to get to matchups then once you get to the postseason, right? Okay? So you're you're in the conversation. Now let me ask you this one. You think you can win a playoff game? Do you think you can win a playoff game? G.I., Dallas may be better, but it's Dallas and Philly. Do you think you can win a playoff game against the Rams, the Bucks, or the Packers? Okay. Will, it's a great take. So for the Eagles to pretend, we play in Tampa, Packers or Rams. Those are the three teams. There's three teams, and we'll find out about Minnesota in week two. Okay? Dude, you're not – boy, you think you're outdoing Aaron Rodgers? After what Tua Tagovailoa just did today? Really? Whew. I wouldn't want that matchup. I would not want Aaron Rodgers in an opening round matchup versus – the Eagles. That I would not want. I uh, would not want that. And as I said to you before, I personally think the Packers are going to have one of the top five defenses in the NFL when everything is said and done. Do not want Green Bay as an opening round. So can you win a playoff game? Okay. GI says the Eagles won't beat any of those teams. Right here, but somebody said something interesting. What if they win 12 games and get a home, a home playoff game? They win 12, and they're not going to be the top seed. I don't think, but here's how they could. If Philadelphia wins 12, and 12 is the best record in the NFC, and they're hosting the playoffs, you're going to get the lesser of the teams. 
Okay. Because remember something. Remember, remember what 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 did didn't didn't the Bengals get um who did who did who did um Tennessee play in their opening round? I think they got bounced, didn't they? I think Tennessee got bounced in their opening round by it, it was the Bengals, right? I think it was the Bengals that bounced them. If I'm not mistaken, I thought it was them that bounced them. So you get the lesser of the NFC teams. You would you would get the winner of the wild card. Okay? You get the winner of the wild card, which could mean this. You might have San Francisco. You, you might have San Francisco um, coming to your place with Trey Lance. That you would win. Okay? That you would win. So you would get San Francisco coming to the link. You'd beat them, right? Then you're in the NFC Championship game against probably the Bucks, Packers, or Rams. And you'd be hosting it. That's how I see you getting there. Your regular season, you've got to stockpile as many wins as you possibly can. Because if you're a road opponent and you got to go into Lambeau, that ain't happening. Or if you got to go back down to Tampa again, that's not happening. You get the lesser of the teams in the 49ers or maybe even Minnesota having to come back to the link. You can win that game and get to the NFC title game. Okay? Yeah, M- Michael, I just threw that out. Lesser. I I did. I don't I believe they're going to win 7 games. I'm throwing the lesser team out. I'm just throwing a lesser the Saints. You get the Saints. The Saints make the playoffs as a wild card in the NFC South. You have the top seed. You get the Saints. Say the Saints then. I'm just saying that's the only way because if you're a two or three seed, you're going to play the second or third best team in the NFC. You're not beating that team like with Rodgers or Brady on it. You're not. You're not. Cardinals two, I would take that game. I think I think we're going to find out in week what? Five? We'll find out in week five how close we are or if the Eagles are better than them. I think this is all going to come down because last year the Bucs were a horrible matchup. First year head coach, first year DC, and you get Tom Brady, home game, playoff game in Tampa. They just won the Super Bowl there. Really? There was no way you're winning that game. You knew that. You knew when you saw the draw, you went, oh, Brady, great. Jalen Hurts, Tom Brady. I mean, Tom Brady himself versus Aaron Rodgers. He's winning that game. So you put a young player like Jalen in there, it was a great learning experience for the entire unit. I do expect Green Bay to be there. Why wouldn't Green Bay be there? They've been there every year. Why wouldn't they? What, because of Devontae Adams? I told you their history in wideouts. It's not a place where they draft number one wideouts. They've done it twice in 42 years. They find players at that position, and they develop them. And when you have Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers for 30 years of quarterbacking, makes it easy to develop wideouts. Makes it easy. They're, they're, their defense is going to carry them too. 
See, the loss of Adams, you know why they got rid of Devontae Adams? They didn't want to pay him. And secondly, they spent that money on defense. They signed a DB, the corner. They did the edge rusher. They drafted. That's why they did that. They were spreading the money out. They weren't going to put it in one place. For a player that in two years might not be as effective because Rodgers is not there in two years. Jordan loves a bust. They know that now. Okay? Or they would not have paid Aaron Rodgers $50 million. They would have did what they did to Brett Favre, and they would have threw his ass out of the team, Rodgers, and they would have elevated Jordan Love. Cheaper. He's on a rookie contract. Same thing that's going on in Philadelphia. Like I said, the advantage of going from Carson Wentz to Jalen Hurts is money. You went from a $30 million a year guy to a 1.1. You bet your ass you're hoping he plays well. You bet you. You want to know why they're out there making sure everybody in the media is saying good things about Jalen? Because it's a home run money-wise. It's a home run. They're getting more out of Jalen Hurts' contract being what it is than his play. Nine and eight, killed in the postseason, and you're hoping he gets back and he's better. Okay. That money sure looks good, though. As I've been telling you, the starting quarterback at the Alabama Crimson Tide makes three times the money Jalen makes. Guy makes $5 million a year. (laughs) The quarterback of Miami, the Hurricanes, TBD. By the way, he's very disappointed. He's very disappointed you guys don't want him. I told him too, man. Yeah, I was I was dis- I was disappointed that I had to tell him. I'm very disappointed. Yeah, I had I had to call John Mara. There's a the Browns. The Browns are in talks. Let's see here. There's the the, the the Ernest Johnson is the backup to Kareem Hunt, and also. Nick Chubb. And Zach Jackson of the Athletics sees the Browns moving Johnson. And it could be for an exchange for former first-round receiver Jalen Rager. That's per Jackson. So Zach Jackson is saying that there's a potential trade out there for the Ernest. Johnson or Jerome Ford. The Browns have a wealth of running backs. They're going to need it this year. And according to Zach Jackson of The Athletic, sees the Browns moving Johnson, who has flashed upside in limited starting action. I just got this. Johnson, who would head to the Eagles in exchange for former first-round receiver Jalen Rager. When it comes to Hunt, 
So we'll see. Could be a potential out there. Boy, I'll tell you something, man. An absolutely... I don't know if the Dolphins have been this interesting. I can't think. Let me think. The greatness, I'm trying to think of Jeff Ireland. Oh, yeah. that Well, that was pretty interesting. The greatness of Jeff Ireland. They were interesting kind of then. But I don't know if the Dolphins have been this interesting in about 20 years. But a guy who covers them for, the, for OutKick and is a Pro Football Hall of Fame voter, he's our friend, Armando Salguero, and have they been this interesting, Armando, in the last 20 years, the Dolphins? They've had their moments, uh, Dan, when they've been, you know, promising. I, I wouldn't say interesting, okay? Well, actually, I would say interesting. Let me, let me play with that a little bit. They've been interesting before the games start, and then the games start. And... No, boy. All of a sudden, <laughs> not so interesting. Also, they've been interesting a lot for wrong reasons sometimes. Uh, they had the, you know, the, the bully gate. Remember that? That was kind of interesting. They had, um, you know, the owner has been suspended for tampering with Tom Brady. That's kind of interesting. The 2019 season was interesting in that, uh, the NFL says that they didn't tank, but they tanked. <laughs> uh, you know, so interesting is a is a is an interesting concept. Concept. Are you a fan of these joint practices? We cover the Eagles now. Do, are are you a fan of these joint practices? In lieu of what we see now with exhibition football not really being a focal point on some organizations, some take them serious, some don't. These organized team practices, these joint practices, seem like something that a lot of these teams really evaluate their players on. Are you a fan of them? Well, forget what I think. The teams love them. And as long as it doesn't turn into, you know, a fist fight, as long as it doesn't turn into guys going after each other that way, they work and they are, they are a, a, a net plus for these teams because their best players get to uh, practice against the other team's best, best on best, right? Which never happens hardly in the preseason anymore. And I would say to you, I'm not sure if it's the chicken or the egg, but one of the reasons that I think that it doesn't happen as much in the preseason anymore is because it happens oftentimes for two or three days during the week when the television cameras have not come on between those two teams. And so when they get to Friday night, Saturday or whatever it is, Sunday, they don't need to put their best guys out there to get reps because they've had them all week long. Armando, are you a Tua fan? You think he is the future of the Miami Dolphins? I think he is the guy that's going to be starting this year. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so you're running for mayor of Miami, I see. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, um, look, I have very serious questions about his durability. Um. I, I, I look at him and he's six foot 
and he's 220 pounds. And I look at him in the huddle and he is the smallest guy in there. And I, and I don't know that he is capable of playing a 17 game season. He hasn't done it yet. Um, and so that's, that's a worry for me. And some people would say, well, you know, that has nothing to do with whether the guy's good or not. Wrong. Because as Bill Parcells famously said, durability, availability, they are abilities. And if you're not in the lineup, you're not good. Simple as that. And so that's my, my chief concern with Tua. My other concern is what's going to happen when teams, you know, take away Tyreek Hill, right? Because we've seen all, all offseason these great highlight throws to Tyreek Hill against not cover two. <laughs> okay, so you're telling me that we're going to get those in the regular season and in games when teams decide, let's, let's not do this cover two thing that worked for everybody last year against the Kansas City Chiefs. Let's let the Dolphins throw deep. I don't think that's going to be the strategy. And so I think he's going to have to find an alternate, you know, um, an alternate move. He's going to have to find a, a second chapter beyond I'm going to throw deep to Tyreek Hill to have success. You know, it, it seems to me the same thing that's going on in Philadelphia with Jalen Hurts. I mean, they go out, Armando, and they get A.J. Brown. They add him to the mix there. They have Devontae Smith on the other side. And you look at Miami. I mean, you got Jalen Waddle, who with all the quarterback fiascos of a year ago, still had 104 catches and 1,000 yards. So there's there's premier wideouts there. Doesn't it seem to me that both places, maybe even uh, Philly and with Miami, two teams practicing today and tomorrow, um, it just seems to me that they're building these teams for different players. Both of those teams, they're not twins, but they surely do have a lot in common. And that's what I'm writing for tomorrow at, at OutKick. Thanks a lot, Sills. I, I, I appreciate you uncovering my stuff uh, <laughs> before it comes out. Yeah. Uh, now people have no need to go see it. But, um, the, the, the bottom line is, if Josh Allen, let's let's play fantasy football. If Josh Allen was on the Miami Dolphins today, Oof. they'd be a Super Bowl contender. Yeah. If Josh Allen was on the Philadelphia Eagles today, they'd be a Super Bowl contender. And by the way, it's not just Josh Allen. It's if Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, any of those guys that we believe to be elite. You put them on either one of those two teams, and those two teams are going to scare a lot of people. But because they have Jalen Hurts and Tua, and neither one of them has proven himself elite yet, doesn't mean they can't be. I have my doubts, but it doesn't mean they can't be. Um, they are teams with what? With great rosters and big quarterback questions. So... That, to me, says it all about those two guys. 
You're, you're not a fan then of Jalen Hurts. I think I actually like Jalen Hurts a little bit more than Tua because he mm. adds that uh, mobility factor and he's a little bit bigger. Uh, he hasn't had the durability issues. Uh, I know he's not as accurate. He's not as gifted a passer. We all know that. But it takes more than that to be a, a great NFL quarterback. And if you are not great, great as a passer, you do need something else. And Jalen Hurts has that something else. And that is the mobility. Armando, did the Dolphins, in your opinion, did they make an upgraded coach or yet to be determined? Did they land Sean Payton? They did not. <laughs> they tried. <laughs> yes, they did. They absolutely did. Thank you very much. I got to give them credit for that. They tried. They right? tried. Uh, they recognized Sean Payton's a pretty good coach. Yeah, let's try that. Uh, <laughs> failed. And then, you know, Mike McDaniel, God bless him. I still, I've covered that team since 1990. And I've seen offensive geniuses come and defensive geniuses come and recycled geniuses come and young geniuses come. And typically what happens is if the players aren't good enough, those guys don't win enough. This is different in that the general manager, Chris Greer, has put a pretty nice roster together. The offensive line has questions. There's questions about, by the way, durability. There's questions about durability throughout that roster. Oh, yeah. Uh, starting at left tackle, including the quarterback. And now they've got cornerback issues with, with problems. But I believe that Mike McDaniel, given the proper weapons and given enough weapons, like if they stay healthy all year long, he's going to win a lot of games. Uh, I'm not saying they're going to be in the playoffs, but I'm saying, you know, they, they could easily win nine, ten games. You think they're the second best team in the AFC East? I do, and I think that's because New England – yeah, no, I don't know what's going on up there. I think I, I think they've got like the local garbage guy now play calling or something. I'm I'm not sure they're trying, dude. So wait, the guy with the pencil behind his ear, who I thought was a defensive guy, is calling. I mean, it's you know I, I don't get it. Since Brady's gone, that thing's looked different. One of the things and one of the ways that young quarterbacks take that second year leap is because. And one of the reasons is because they're in the same system as they were in the first year. And so now it becomes instinct. It becomes something that they already know what's going to happen and they can process faster and they can do things. They, they take the next step. And oftentimes it is a leap. But with the Patriots, for example, they've run the same offense for 20 years, practically. And they just decided that, no, we're going to change it in the year that Mac Jones was supposed to take the year two leap. And now Mac Jones is trying to figure out his second offense in, in two years. And the rest of the guys are as well. 
and the offensive play caller happens to be the guy who was the defensive play caller the last time he coached in New England. We'll see. One of my favorite lines of all time when I was doing radio in South Florida, and I go, Tom Brady, could you imagine Armando covering Tom Brady? I go, why do you like Tom Brady? He goes, well, he's got the best-looking woman. He's got the best-looking hair. He's the best-looking everything. He drives an Aston Martin. I mean, when I grow up, I want to be Tom Brady. <laughs> hey, man, what, what, what did you make of that story? that they were kind of trying to work that deal, not only in 19, but even this past off season to try to get Armando, did you buy it right away? Or was it just something that you were like, come on, it's Miami. You and I hear a lot of shit that goes around that city. Right. I, I was like this. I, I don't know about this one here, but I was stunned. Were you a hundred percent true? Wow. Um, and I mean, a hundred percent true. That's crazy. And uh, like, I, I wrote about it in March. A hundred percent true. And and by the way, it, we just mentioned Sean Payton. Sean Payton was putting a staff together. He had guys that were looking for places to live in South Florida. That's crazy. So that's a hundred percent true. And. It all points back to ownership. It all points back to Bruce Beal, who was, who is the owner in waiting, so to speak, or was. He's not going to be anymore. <laughs> He's suspended. <laughs> and then there was owner Stephen Ross, who was getting all the, you know, he, that's him. That it is. He's thinking, well, we're going to do this thinking outside the box. We're smarter than most of these people. Except you're not, you know, except you're not. And so it didn't work out. It didn't work out with Brady. Um, and dude, apparently with Brady, he's shopping himself all over the place. The Raiders are involved. Uh, he wanted to play in San Francisco. So you Brady think this is a shot back at Bill, how much he wanted out of there? Well, it was clear that um, it was clear that in 2019, at the end of, not even at the end, by the 2019 season, Tom Brady had already started planning his exit from New England. And that one of the reasons that he was planning that is because he didn't feel love from Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick told Robert Kraft, the decline is coming. <laughs> Except that, you know, Tom Brady goes to Tampa and the decline that was coming was him throwing a Super Bowl Lombardi trophy from one boat to another boat in a Super Bowl parade. <laughs> and last year he throws what? Uh, he led the league in, in passing. Yeah. So the decline was coming, but not here yet. <laughs> hey, Armando, I want to show you this man, my cell phone, and I got to show you this here. I, I, I won't show numbers here. Your name is up here with this, but I want to show you who I get text um, every single day. Look at this here. Okay. So 
if you can see that, I got Mario Cristobal on there. And let me tell you what I said to him. And so some of you may take this wrong. I said, Mario, I love you so much, your brother Lewis. I love the whole family. And it's so great to get a Cuban that actually speaks Cuban down there <laughs> as the head coach. <laughs> Not a shot at Manny Diaz, but hey. <laughs> you know, Armando, you know, I mean, guy went to Columbus. You know, he's a legend down there himself. You've got to be as thrilled as I am about Mario, D Mario Cristobal and what he's doing with that program. I, 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 I just fallen over myself what he's doing. I love the man. I love the respect for the program that we're seeing again. And personally, Armando, I can't believe they dropped the eight and a half to get him. Yeah. Uh, and then hire our coaching staff and pay them as well. No doubt. Team. I know. Where'd that come from? That I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Neither do I. <laughs> yeah. I. I'm just glad it, it, it magically appeared. Wait a second. That's a total Miami answer. Where'd the money come? I don't care. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I don't know nothing. Okay? Me either. Okay. But here, here's the, the best part for me of what is going to happen at UM. The bullies are back. Back in the day, and I don't have to tell you, but no one pushed the University of Miami football team around. It was, and I'm not just talking about swagger, okay? Because swagger is great, and, and courage is great, and go into Oklahoma and tell Brian Bosworth, I'm not scared of you, man. That's awesome. But when you get on the field, you got to be bigger, stronger, faster than that other guy. And that's what the University of Miami was in its heyday. They were faster than everybody. They were as strong as most. And they had courage of lions. During the down period, dude, I'd watch games where the other team's not throwing the ball, but they're moving, you know, the defensive line five yards off the line of scrimmage every down. And I'm thinking, how is it? Is there no weight room in Miami? <laughs> is there? They don't feed these guys. Um, I know that that is ended. Mario Cristobal is going to field a strong, uh, win the line of scrimmage team, and that oh by the way has a lot of speed too. So that's going to be awesome. Amanda, I want to tell you an Oklahoma and Norman story. We went there and destroyed him and broke Aikman's leg. Then we killed him the next year in 86 and 87. But we go there, and you know that Booner Schooner thing? So they ride it around the stadium. We're stretching. Jerome Brown goes like this. You drive that thing through here one more time. We're going to flip that SOB with all the cheerleaders and everything on it. Nobody talked to people there at Norman. Sure enough, they come running through here. Jerome jumps up, man. All of us jump up. We flip that thing. Everyone's in horror going, oh, my God. We went out there, broke the quarterback's leg, beat him 28-16. And when someone asked me the other day about swagger, I went like this. I had no idea what swagger was. But if swagger was beating people's asses every day and taking names and then killing people every Saturday, that's what swagger means to me. It's not something on a T-shirt or a hat. It's something that you see on Saturdays. That's what swagger is. And Mario goes, you've got to come down and talk to them. And the U. So I'm going to, hey, I'll be down there for the UNC game. 
Awesome. Yeah, awesome. I'll see you down there. Hey, brother, it's great catching up with you, man. I appreciate this. It's my pleasure. Always my pleasure, brother. Thank you so much, Armando. Have a good one, brother. That's Armando Salguero from OutKick. Make sure you check out his columns. Hit the like button. That potential trade between the Browns and the Eagles, maybe not for Kareem Hunt. We'll hit on that next. You keep it here on the National Football Show. your day with confidence definitely want to keep the umbrellas on hand and keep your family safe with action news and accuweather numerous tornadoes well over seven inches of rain your go-to team when severe weather strikes the water is still rising right now keeping you prepared wherever you watch on tv on 6abc.com and on our streaming apps. And that's when we go severe weather mode and on the air for you action news and accuweather the team you trust. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. National Football Show, your boy Big Sills. Appreciate you guys coming aboard. Thank you so much. BF goes out, kid. Come on, Sills. I've known Armando for 35 years. Oh, wait, maybe 40. We went to school together. Okay. He's a Hall of Fame voter, too. So I've known Armando 40 years. Get over yourself. Okay. Who cares what his politics are? 
He's on here because he's good. Okay? That's why he's here. I don't give a shit about your politics. If you're a Republican or Democrat, I don't care. You're welcome. Unlike some places, you're welcome here. You don't have to believe in my politics. I don't have to believe in yours, but you know what we believe in? Sports. It's a unifier. Be more... I'd be more friendlier to people around, you know, that would take our philosophy in life. Welcome everybody, man. That's the greatest thing about, that's the greatest thing about a football stadium like Lincoln Financial. You know why? You don't have to put your Republican or Democrat card to determine where you're going to sit. You don't know who you're sitting next to. You just know you're sitting next to an Eagle fan. Isn't that all that matters? Oh, wait, I know it's more, right? Because that shit really bothers you. My wife said something to me the other day. That stuff on the news really bother you that much? I go, no. And she goes, don't give a shit about it. Do you care more about the Eagles and the NFL? I go, yeah. Some people get their panties in a bind now. All right. I I, I got this prior to Armando coming on. And I got to throw this at you again. So they've got Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, who I'm not sure they're going to move. But they have the Ernest Johnson and Jerome Ford. And they also got this kid, Demetric Felton. So they have a, a wealth of running backs. Zach Jackson sent this to me of the athletic. And he says, big sales. I see the Browns moving Johnson who has flashed upside and limited starting action. Johnson could uh, head to the Eagles in exchange for former first round pick Jalen Rager. That's per Jackson, not big sales per Jackson. Um. When it comes to Hunt and Ernest Johnson, the Browns won't make a trade just to make one. However, I think the state of the receiving core makes the trade necessary. I've always believed that Johnson would be easier to trade than Hunt, given that Johnson has a much lower salary and less mileage. So that may intrigue Howie more. Less mileage and not a big salary. And Johnson doesn't want a contract or is not in line for a contract extension that Kareem Hunt wants. Kareem Hunt wants money. So to me, um, Rager is currently buried on the Eagle depth chart after a couple disappointing years. Philadelphia would much rather deal him than cut him because of cap consequences. Um, This is all in a text I'm getting. Johnson could find a larger role, in his opinion, with the Eagles pairing up with Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, and Gainwell. And he could, in his opinion, compete for carries. And if Miles Sanders, they move on from Sanders, they would have an heir apparent. And the Browns are thin at wideout, obviously. The Browns would have use for Rager with hope of change of scenery, would make more productive. Don't they all think that? The Browns have a true number one in Mari Cooper, but are hoping 
Donovan Peoples-Jones, and Ricky David Bell can thrive in a larger role. Anthony Schwartz and Michael Woods, too, are also expected to play, but they would welcome and want to have Rager in the rotation. So, Ernest Johnson looks like a guy, not Kareem Hunt, that could be a guy, according to Zach Jackson of The Athletic, that makes more sense because of economic issues. And if we just, right, Xander? If we just learned anything, look what how he did with J-Jaw. He turned it into two picks. Now, look, to Xander's point, you're right. Obviously, when you're talking fives and sixes or late-round picks, you know it's a bust. However, instead of being a Debbie Downer, and you're right, Xander, you got something for him. And let's not forget something about Philadelphia. You find one of your best players on the roster in the seventh round in Jordan Mulata. Right? You found one of your best players potentially in franchise history in the seventh. So, so that's what was sent to me. The Ernest Johnson, Jerome Ford, or Demetric Felton, according to Zach Jackson of The Athletic, that could be moved in an exchange and a type of trade for Jalen Rager. What do you guys think? I would trade Sanders straight up for Hunt. What? But it's a lateral move. Well, Kareem's a better pass catcher. But that doesn't make sense for Cleveland. Why, why would you want to do that now? I'd rather stand pat. Both guys know the system. Why would you're asking a lot? I, I I would I would stand pat with that. I wouldn't. That doesn't make sense to me. Hey Dan, do you think the top five most popular teams in the NFL? Popular teams? Well, this started with the Cowboys. Das says done. Does Kane make the team? Joe, I I think Kane makes the practice roster. BF, trade Rager for cotton candy. Kane will bring the pain. I Listen, Charlie, I like him. I think he's outplayed Jalen Rager the entire training camp. Um, I really do. I think he's played well enough to make that team. But how he's trying to – how he's going to – how he's going to pull a J-Jaw deal here with Rager. He's going to get draft choices for him. Or player and a draft pick. Okay? So – it's out there now that Howie's not only look. It makes sense too, doesn't it? Kareem Hunt wants a contract extension. Howie's not paying anybody five and a half, six million dollars. He's not paying Kareem Hunt that money. Pay the younger guy, the younger money, and then you see what he does when he gets there. Then he can move from, forward from there, and he's got less miles on his tires. That. That makes more sense to me than Kareem Hunt does. Because you got to figure it out. If you bring Kareem Hunt in, you probably only get him for what? A rental? 
and then he'd be a free agent again because he's not going to sign for less than market value because he thinks he is a fr- – and he is a frontline starting running back in the NFL. He, I think he is too, but he just happens to be on the team with Nick Chubb. Okay? Brian, absolutely. Miami Hurricane for life, baby. Ain't nothing better. Greatest fraternity in all of college football. Ain't no better. So, and name, Kareem Hunt is a great player, but there's a lot that comes with that, right? Economics. How much does he have left? Now, he hasn't been used like a ton over the last two years because of suspensions and you're behind Chubb. Okay. 100 carries, 534, 5'3 carries a carry. Hey, that's pretty good. I'm pretty good with that. Jalen Rager for Dearness Johnson. I like that deal. I'll take that. Here, you know how we say his face here? How we say, how about this, right, guys? If Howie trades Jalen Rager for a guy who comes back and is productive for the Eagles and he plays and he starts, that's a win. That's a win in my book. Okay, you're trading a guy just to trade him to get draft picks in the future. I don't know. All right. Hey, I appreciate everybody. Tomorrow, Hollis Thomas will be with us at 4.30 Eastern time. So we're looking forward to him, the former Philadelphia Eagle. Great. We will talk with him. If you missed any of Armando, go back and watch it, please. We appreciate you guys sharing the show, liking the show. Thank you so much. Xander, great stuff as always. So all of you, we so appreciate you coming aboard each and every single day with us. Till tomorrow, 3 to 6 Eastern, we'll see you on the flip side. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 